friends. Good to have you back. Good to have you back, and it is where we are right in the thick of it now. Over here on a Thursday, we still got Friday and Saturday, so Thursday becomes really the thick of it on one of those six-day weeks. But ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. It's the 23rd day of March, 2023, and I am hanging out here in the studio on a night where we have a great guest uh, that's going to be joining us on the phone for a little while. We also have a great guest that is here in the studio to go along for the ride and contribute in all the, the ways we know that he can. Jay Gulinello is here. What's going on, Jay? Hey, Frank. What's going on? Of course, the first thing that people are going to notice is that you have a little bit a little bit deeper tone to your voice right now. It sounds like you're just getting over a cold. No, I went through puberty. Yes, finally. <laughs> finally. <laughs> I made it. Success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, it's a testament to my zinc protocol, though, because it started on Monday, took some zinc, and uh, it basically just fast-forwarded me to the end of it. So, you know, it's pretty much just this sort of deeper voice, but other than that, everything's good. If you hear me sneeze, you'll know. You weren't laid up or anything like that? No, not at all. Good for you. Good for you. Everybody, well, at least everybody knows that you are, in fact, human. (laughs) Not a cyborg. You are human. You are not a cyborg. (laughs) Anyway, but tonight we've got Dr. Peter McCullough coming by. In the first half, I've got, uh, well, I've got a string of questions here that I've been building up for a while. I cannot wait to throw it his way. I know that he's going to be able to handle them gr- nicely. I know, Jay, that you have a little something that you want to, uh, to to ask him as well. And it's going to be it's gonna be a really good time. It's great to have a little checkup with the doctor, you know? Yeah, looking forward to it. Okay. So as far as we go getting the show started off, I just want to thank everybody, whether you're watching the show, the broadcast on YouTube or Rumble, DLive, Twitch, Theta, Rockfin, and beyond. When I say beyond, I mean WHYU 89.1 in the West Virginia tri-state area. So hello to you all out there who are listening in the early, early morning. Still have not gotten one email from anybody in that audience. So I, <laughs> I, I don't know if it, maybe the cows are listening to me over there. I'll have to take a ride, see what happens. Oh, you might be in the area at some point this summer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's going to be Texas next month and then uh, Tennessee in June, the beginning of uh, June. So I don't know. I'll have to see if I can make a trip. I'd love to hear it on the old-fashioned airwaves. Oh, me too. <laughs> I know you would. Me too. That would sound just so warm and crackly and cozy. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. I guess there'll, there's a time and place for everything. I would like to also just suggest that if you are watching the show on YouTube and Rumble to hit the like button and continue to stay diligent about that. Um, there's going to be uh, a lot of great things coming our way. And if we can just keep the audience involved, which you guys have been kicking ass for me, and I appreciate you kicking ass for me this year, especially on YouTube and Rumble. Rumble, it is paying uh, dividends in in new viewership. And on on YouTube, it's paying dividends and just people who were subscribed are, are commenting and going, whoa, I haven't seen anything from your channel in a while. That's all I can, if, <laughs> if that's all I can, I have to settle for with YouTube, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Be great. But um, thank you guys. And also go to the affiliates page and take a look at all of the great friends and sponsors we have there on quitefrankly.tv, especially at the top of the heap just because of the times we're living in, bluemonsterprep.com and Wise Wolf Gold and Silver on the affiliates page. So take a look at all of your, your supplies 
for an inventory for food that's non-perishable, for water filtration, for how little uh, affordable stores of value, for whatever kind of savings you may have, you can talk to Tony at WiseWolf and go ahead and please do that. Use promo code Franklys or the links there. All the promo information is right there on the on the website. So go check it out. Um, I have so many topics for us to be doing in the coming weeks that I may in in April I may do in entire weeks where there's nothing there but just time for us to have our to, to clear the to clear the uh, the plate there are so many topics and things that I want to do but we have such a robust and great guest schedule that it's I don't know where to put it so tomorrow we'll have some fun no doubt about it Saturday night we will have a little adult fun as well it's a, it's a late night show the children should be in bed and uh, we'll all just sit around and, and uh, goof off a little bit. There won't be any real form, rhyme, or reason to that. Uh, maybe there will be. I know me. I say, you know what? We're just going to go live. <laughs> Jay, you know what it is? I, I say we're just going to go live and see where things go. And then all of a sudden, I put, I end up writing for three hours. They go somewhere, right? Yeah. yeah. They always go somewhere. It's like, oh, no, no, no. Actually, what if we do something like this? <laughs> and I take the canvas out and I start painting. Yeah. So it's the way it is. It's a hard habit to break. It is. It is. Um, and that's all I have for you on that. All right. So here are some grab bag stories. And there are a few of them. This one I got to do right off the bat because I just saw it. And I am, I can't believe it. Hold on. That's not it. Here it is. Missing San Francisco radio host Jeffrey Vandergrift found dead. Whoa. This is JV. I don't know if you remember... 92.3 back in the day but one of the morning shows that they had a 93.23 was JV and Elvis the doghouse now they got kicked off I think they got kicked off of uh, off. I forgot what they did but they got kicked off for making some kind of disparaging comment about Asian people or something I don't know what the hell it was they made a joke that went too far but JV and Elvis back in the day this is JV where I said wait wait a second wow JV Popular San Francisco radio host Jeffrey J.V. Vandergrift was found dead this week, early, nearly a month after he posted an alarming message on social media and went missing. Vandergrift's body was found by police around 5 p.m. Wednesday in the San Francisco Bay, Pier 39. No cause of death has been determined, the outlet said. The tattooed on-air personality, 54 years old, was reported missing on February 23rd, just hours after he posted a concerning Instagram update thanking his followers for a wonderful life filled with joy, laughs, pains, and struggles. Oh, that's strange. He also changed his Twitter location to the other side <laughs> before dropping off the grid. So, I mean, he what does that tell you? Uh, at the time of his disappearance, Vandergrift was the longtime DJ at Bay Area's WILD 94.4, which he hosted the day he vanished. The stuff I've been going through in my brain that they're trying to figure out, ugh, he said during his would-be final show. Huh. It's just, it's sad, man. I, I you know, I never, sp I never was in contact with JV. But I was able to make contact with Elvis, and I, I kept in, I kept in touch with his his old radio partner from here in New York for a couple of years into like the the early two thousands. Yeah, or, you know, right, but like around two thousand six, seven, eight, and we lost touch and all that stuff. But he was diagnosed with Lyme disease in twenty twenty one, and frequently told listeners about his ongoing battle with brain fog, dizziness, and bouts of depression. 
Hmm. Oh, jeez. Does it say what the cause of death was? They just they just fished him out of the bay, <sighs> and he then all the stuff he left behind. You have to imagine he killed himself. Right. I mean, with that I, with the messaging and you that's know. the assumption. Yeah. His wife was his co-host. Natasha Yee wrote on March 1st that personal information has been recently discovered that leads us to believe JV will not be coming back. Uh, My gosh. That's awful. That is horrible. So that's all. And I, I just imagine, I don't know what else is going on there, but uh, th- there's something that chronic illness definitely does to a person's soul and will- willingness yeah. to fight. I know that just with my friend uh, Liam Sheff who took his life a few years ago in April. Um, and he had a really bad situation with tinnitus. Yeah. He went and had invasive... He, he was telling me about it because he was doing... He was going through a lot of suffering that last year. And he had invasive dental surgery. And he always had, like, tinnitus, very sensitive hearing. But something about the dental surgery, just... He said he was living with chainsaws in his oh, ears man. nonstop. There's nothing that could be done. And uh, it just wasted away, you know, the shit like that. I don't. Um, yeah, chronic pain, you know, things like that are hard to quantify if you don't experience it. And that's uh, again, it's it's why I do what I do. Try to keep people away from that stuff if if at all possible. Yeah. So, yeah. The, the dentist office scares the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. I don't even want them to clean me anymore. You need to look for a biological dentist. They they do a whole they have a whole holistic approach to dentistry. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'll have to find the website and I'll give it to you. Uh, and I'll and you can give it to your audience. They can find a holistic dentist in the area, biological dentist. That they, would be wonderful. Yeah, they have a whole different approach. I'm actually looking for one myself. There's one. Uh, well, it's in Astoria. It's in where I live. But um, yeah, they they have a whole different approach. They don't use fluoride. They don't use you know some of the harsh chemicals. And they they actually address root cause. Um, of dental issues. Do they do they X-ray you every time you go in there? I can't imagine. I don't think so. I mean, I hate I, it. P- probably just if it's necessary, right? For, I told for the I, therapy. I told them, listen, do we have to do this? They're like, well, it's, it'd be really good if we can track your progress. I, I honestly, I don't want to. Here's and the lead like, jacket. Yeah, well, it's, forget the lead jacket. The, yeah. the lead jacket actually feels nice and comfortable. It does. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to sleep with one on. But <laughs> it, we have those weighted blankets. It's it's the it's the, the when they put all these things open up, they put it right to the back of your right, jaw, yeah. and they, you clamp down on it and. I'm I'm there. I'm I'm ready to start gagging and throwing up. Yeah. I can't stand I can't stand it. Um Yeah, I can't imagine they do. I mean, that's unnecessary exposure to x-ray. So, yeah. uh but yeah, they're, they're they're out there and you can find them and apparently they they do some amazing work. So, you know, similar to naturopathic doctors or just a different take on a on an age-old field. I I got to look into it yeah. because I don't, you know, I, I the last time I went and got a, a real cleaning, I think it might have been a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. But I got the picks at home. I've got the water pick at home. I brush two times a day. I, I stay on top of it, and so it's not like I'm I'm a disaster. Of course, whenever I go in there, I lose a pint of blood, <laughs> and then I and then I I figure, what the hell have I been doing? Right. Yeah. You I'm know? wasting my time. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, but but then again, I, I ask myself, am I or am I just not stabbing myself? Oh, right. Yeah. You know, oil pulling is another interesting thing. You know, we can we can talk about that at some point. Coconut oil oil pulling is you know it, it clears out some of the bacteria so i know a lot of people who don't do a lot of brushing and flossing as much as they should but they do oil pulling and their dentist says wow you've been doing a great job keeping up with everything so, so and what is it you, you're just you're just holding uh, yeah, a for teaspoon 20 minutes about a teaspoon of coconut oil just switching around in your mouth and the mo- I, I do it in the morning every morning yeah you have you have coconut oil in your mouth for 20 minutes yeah i'm swishing around 
How do you see? Here's the thing. I have a I I have friends at Apex Water. I gave you a bottle of Apex yes. Water. Yes. Um, I have they they tell me that listen to, you know obviously you can put it in your water every day, but when you're really sick, the best thing you should do is hold it under your in your mouth under your tongue for as long as you can, even if you can hold it for a half hour. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, it says that on the bottle. I don't understand how anybody can do that. I I I can't do it. <laughs> I cannot do it. <laughs> Can you explain this a little further? <laughs> for, for, I, I just, first, I just start getting grossed out. Oh, okay. I get, I start getting grossed out that okay, well, yeah, it, it started off as Apex water, but now it's like three, three, seventy-five uh, percent saliva. Saliva, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so that starts going through <laughs> my mind. I can, so I, then I just start taking little, little sips back of it, and and then it's gone after a couple of minutes. I, yeah. I don't know if I can do a half hour. Well, and you really can't do that with the coconut oil. You got to spit it out because it's pulling all the bacteria. So you don't want to, you don't want to swallow that that wad of coconut oil when you're done. You got to spit it out. And that that is a way to supplement flossing and everything. Or, or to, ha to help you know, out? I wouldn't want to speak on that, but I tell you, I think I I've spoken to a few people in that field who say that flossing isn't all it's cracked up to be. Again, this is not my area of expertise, but but they, they would prefer oil pulling over flossing. Uh, I don't know if it's because of the, some of the damage done or it's because a lot of dental flosses aren't, uh, you know, they're made with plastic, some of them. So, but oil pulling is something to look into and it's, it's not that hard. You mm. get used to it. You know, 20 minutes while you're doing other things. You know, yeah. have your glass of salt water in, in the morning and then, you know, a, a, t a tablespoon of coconut oil and you're good to go. All right. Yeah. Well, but maybe, maybe. I, I, <laughs> I, I, th I think I still have coconut oil all over the place. I think Lauren uses it to, to cook on some nights. So look into that. Yeah. Um, talking about people you just don't know what's going on uh, in their lives. You got to add another one. We got another naked Hollywood wanderer. <laughs> Now you know Matthew how David. You know how Na uh, David Politis he lays out all the fact patterns that mm -hmm. are most common with missing four one one cases. Mm -hmm. Well, this kind of mental break for Hollywood stars and starlets, they this should be very easily recognizable at this point. Uh, Amanda Bynes was found wandering naked in Los Angeles, placed on psychiatric hold. Huh. Okay, it, another child actress. Oh boy, another child star. Here, former child star Amanda Bynes was reportedly placed on psychiatric hold after she was allegedly found wandering the streets of downtown Los Angeles naked early Sunday morning. What, what Martin Lawrence, uh, others like this too. I mean, this is this is a. Uh, I, yeah. I immediately got in touch with Kathy O'Brien, and I was like, "We got another wanderer over here, huh? You know, t talk about MK Ultra." Did she think this was something that happens when you're? trying to break away or just something during the process or I, did you have any thoughts on it maybe maybe what i who i don't know yeah. that's what i want to talk to her about uh i want to bring her back on because this is as i said before it's one of those fact patterns yeah you know um when, when you see this happening more than a few times I, you just wonder that's just only what gets out in, in the public and yeah. here's here's at the end at the end, they say over here, almost exactly one year ago in 2022, Bynes was freed from a nine-year conservatorship. Oh. Another, oh. another one of those conservatorships. Like Britney Spears. Like Britney Spears. Right. Shortly after fellow child star turned pop icon, Britney Spears was released from her own. And Britney has not fared very well on her own since then. I don't know if you... She, I, I've, I've seen some things coming out of her and still just 
I, it's we're talking about wounded animals here, man. Yeah, I mean, I've changed my view a, uh, on a lot of that. You know, where it used to, you should just look at them as just sort of pathetic. You know, people who have everything and they can't just and they just can't figure it out. But after sort of understanding a little bit more about conservatorships, um, I have a lot more compassion for that. I mean, what what she's gone through, what she's been allowed and not allowed to do as a human being, as a sovereign human being. That's scary. So no. you, you have no, and, and, and from such a young age, you just have no idea what that does to somebody. I mean, she's, her, her, her formative year, she was never able to really even develop. Uh, yeah, I talk about, the, the, uh, a lot of people say that the way that the American education system is set up with uh, getting out of high school and going right into college and then graduate school and then you're going for one, another degree, another supplemental degree <laughs> over your, you're just constantly looking for pieces of paper and right. that they, they, a lot of people refer to it as delayed adulthood, <laughs> delaying right. adulthood. Just, you know, you're not get you're not actually really going out there and competing in the world yet. You're just constantly in a classroom yeah. preparing to compete. I mean, talk about, <clears throat> talk about delayed Right. And then you look at some of the academics out there that have the craziest ideas especially in the in the medical nutrition field you start to see people who have never been clinicians ever they've only ever dealt with things on a theoretical level mm. and so that's always interesting to me right that i i end up getting in these battle royales online with with these people who follow doctors who i know have never actually been doctors they've just became they graduated med school but they never actually practiced they just became social media stars and so everything they know is purely theoretical they've never actually treated a patient never actually seen what any of their advice actually does and so that's really dangerous to have somebody giving advice that's never actually seen seen how it impacts the human body and I can almost I, I can pick it out almost every single time now so it's just an interesting other you know side note to that if you spend your whole life in a academic setting or a theoretical setting you never really get the experience necessary to be effective in any workspace yeah yeah you're right so there's a lot there's a big field out there of people who are non-doers <laughs> you know non -doers. it's just uh, it, it, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do right I, especially when it comes to journalism uh, I, I, if it weren't for independent journalists, if it weren't for citizen journalists right. that were ready to do some deep digging, to go and read between the lines, to take up all, all the white papers, to go and find past past uh, interviews that uh, perhaps the you know the people are not they don't remember what they admitted to in the past, just known associate. I mean, there's a lot in open source that you can go and pull together and actually fill in the blanks of any subject that we're being lied to. So I understand open source, but as far as being able to go out and do the work, pound the pavement, pick up the phones, being an, I mean, there's a difference between that, and there's also what you're talking about here. A lot of uh, a lot of nutritional, my nutritional conversations have been unlocked through open source conversation. Oh, yeah. But as far as laboratory ethic goes, yeah, not a lot of people have been out there actually doing the work themselves. Yeah, they can they can test on themselves, sure, but not other people. <clears throat> You know, even in a completely separate field, I was just, I saw TMZ did a recent report on, you know, the fifth plane from 9-11, right? I don't, this just was the other day. And then I think the, the guy who wrote the article or something was on with Bill Maher. And Bill Maher was saying something ridiculous, like, I can't believe nobody jumped on this 20, you know, for, for the last 20 years. And I'm thinking, no. wait, wait a minute. <laughs> so you, for the last 20 years, you've believed you know the the three you know the 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 two towers and you know what about building seven and what about you know p independent journalists and, and people like jason burmas they've been doing work on this 
since the beginning. It's just that people aren't paying attention. So what you're saying is it's not that that people haven't looked at it. It's that the mainstream media has refused to look at it. There's a right. huge difference. And I don't know why TMZ would do that now. I think that's bizarre. But it's just another interesting aspect of this is that, to your point, you know, citizen journalism is is critical and I think is going to be critical going forward when it comes to health, when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to just anything in general. I mean, do you believe anything you hear from, from the media very, anymore? Very little. And it's, uh, I don't know, I, in, in some ways it's exhilarating. Uh, in other ways, <laughs> frightening. You know, yeah, you just, yeah, it's kind of frightening because yeah. you gotta, I'll put this off later and I'll try to figure out the world later on, <laughs> on my own. But but to your point about the, med, the, the nutrition and medical end of things, uh, you can do a lot of open source investigation and uh you can you can take it a very far distance and you can form your own theories yes. and, and nobody's there to uh, to tell you one thing or another but when it comes to nutrition and health and medicine any kind of open source investigations you do as a lay person you have to be very careful about what you're concluding and how far you're putting it out there because mm -hmm. there is a uh, obviously in in journalism, there's slander and there's libel, but it, oh, yeah. you're talking about something that has to do with chronic health <laughs> conditions, acute health conditions, whatever, and you just want to explore the world of homeopathy or something. I mean, talk about uh, talk about having your life ruined practicing medicine without a license. That's how they can. That's how a lot of people are kept out yeah. of that argument. Well, you just. I mean, you're treading on the medical industrial complex. Yeah. And if you want to know how big that is, you just all you have to do is look at the last three years and see what was done to people. People, to actual medical doctors, licensed doctors, License. treating patients, having success, and having people like the FTC come down on them for well, having success in the real world. I, I, the, the man we're going to speak to in a couple of minutes just had his Twitter account restored. Right. I yeah. mean, he, he, I mean, this this is a guy who's at the top of his field, Doctor Peter McCullough, top of his field, and he was taken off of the internet. Be, you know, so it's. Um, I used this term the other day. We don't we don't practice evidence based medicine anymore. We practice authority based medicine, and I think that's a term we need to start getting more comfortable with because that's really what it comes down to. I work with supposed nutrition professionals every day, and their answer to me when I bring something up in a meeting or something is always, "Well, the CDC says, or the USDA says, or the FDA says." It is pure appeal to authority. They have no data to back up their assertions. One even told me the dietary guidelines were evidence based. And I was like, did you know the 2020 guidelines had a 95% conflict of interest with food and or pharmaceutical companies? Do you know that? Of course they don't know that. So, you know, again, authority-based medicine. It's, it's just, it's not about whether you're right or wrong. It's about what the authorities say. And Peter McCullough is the perfect example of that, of that sort of uh, collateral damage. You're, talk, you're talking about the, the food guidelines that mm -hmm. have lucky charms over steak? <laughs> well, that's the food compass, which I think compass. is soon to become, uh, you know, government dogma. But this was the 2020 di uh, dietary guidelines, which I don't know what shape they created this time. It was a pyramid, then it was a plate. I don't know. Maybe it's a parallel. Parallelogram, but those guidelines. Parallelogram. Yeah, the food parallelogram. That's the ticket. Wow. Uh, the, that guideline committee with 20 members had 19 of them compromised by food and/or pharmaceutical companies. That and that was a that was in the medical literature. They someone did an investigation and they found going through all of their CVs that they were 19 out of 20 were compromised. So don't tell me the the guidelines are evidence based. They're authority based. Mm. They've always they always have been. Well, tonight we're going to be talking a lot about evidence, and let's just get it kicked off because I have a few minutes until Dr. McCullough uh, joins us on the Zoom. So we will uh, we'll do that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I have shared the live 
links for this show across all the quite frankly socials it'd be wonderful if you can help me get them out by retweeting them reblogging them retruthing re whatever just <laughs> help me syndicate this show tonight i appreciate it so much we'll be right back in a flash You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! Antipasta twice just because she is so nice, Angelina. There's some good stuff on Antipasta Plate. You get some good. That's some good stuff, uh, Jay. Oh yeah, a lot of good stuff there. I know that you wouldn't go for the artichoke hearts first. Oh, I'm, I love artichoke hearts. I love them too, but yeah. but you wouldn't go for that over the uh, over the, the the cured meats. Well, no. <laughs> There's room. You gotta save room for everything. Oh, absolutely. And as far as cheese, well, what's your favorite cheese? Oh boy. Ramen Chago cheese is probably one of my favorites. I can't get over it. It's a nice sheep cheese. It is uh, It's pretty good. Let me ask you another question. Mm. You remember the last time you were on with Matt, we were talking about the end of the world? <laughs> oh, like final meal? Final meal. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you said your grandmother's lasagna? Yeah, yeah. What if you're you're eating your grandmother's lasagna, you're yeah. in the middle of it, all of a sudden the the, the, the radio crackles back to life, <laughs> and, and the guy on the radio says, <laughs> we have great news. Oh, no. The asteroid has avoided Earth, and we are not going to die. We, will you start immediately throwing up? Yeah, six-day fast. <laughs> <laughs> you just start purging? Yeah, yeah. Get the shit out of me! <laughs> <laughs> well, Frank, it. see, that's the thing. You've got, I've got to be sure it's the end of the world. You got to give me some assurance here. That was your hypothetical. Don't go back on me now. Oh man, I'd say, <laughs> you know, if it was me, I'd say, all right, you know what? I'll start the diet back up tomorrow. Yeah, actually, that's the. In all seriousness, that is the thing that I think is most important to realize when when, when people are making changes. If things go off the rails, just don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. You're not looking for perfection. Just just the next day is the next day. Get back on track. That's the that's the best way to think about it. Don't beat yourself up. Enjoy it and then, you know, back on the next day. Damn right. That's the way we have to do it. I uh so speaking of our guest tonight, I'm gonna read a little bit about him. He's a public figure and you all know Dr. McCullough, author, physician, news commentator. And an analyst of the pandemic response. That's the big thing here. And I wanted to be talking about progress reports on pharma end of things, biological 
weaponry, end of things, what may be going on, what is going on, and what is going to be done about it. A lot of great questions I want to follow up on. I know that people in the audience are going to like this. Dr. Peter McCullough is an internist, cardiologist, epidemiologist, chief scientific officer of the wellness company. Since the outset of the pandemic, Dr. McCullough has dozens of peer-reviewed publications on the infection and has commented extensively on the medical response to the COVID-19 crisis. Dr. McCullough is one of the most published cardiologists ever in America with over 1,000 publications and 660 citations in the National Library of Medicine and is a recipient of the Simon Dack Award from the American College of Cardiology and the International Vincenza Award in critical care nephrology for his scholarship and research. Jay, what do you think about that resume? <laughs> I think I have a ways to go. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but are you are you published at all? No, not yet. Not yet. I'm 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 working on it though. I have a few friends in the field and I I would like, you know, it, the thing is you need to I mean, for me, I want to find something that's worth doing that we haven't that we haven't seen out there before. So, yeah. So, so when when somebody has like someone in your position who works in health medicine wellness all of that and th- they want to be able to cover something that they think is is pressing important and you wanted to get it peer-reviewed and uh, and published w- where do you go where do you submit is it is it like submitting to an old record label back in the day you get it to the a and r guy yeah i believe so yeah you, you have to find journals that are interested and then yeah it's quite it's quite the process i have a, a former colleague who published for her ph uh, for her master's thesis um, and uh, she's finishing up her PhD now, and, and I'm actually looking to do some work with her. Uh, we're not sure what, we're sort of batting around some ideas, but, but that's the key. You wanna find something unique and interesting, and, and that'll be more likely to get accepted by a journal. No doubt about it, no doubt about it. And we have um, Dr. McCullough's here right now. We're gonna just jump right into it, because I don't know how much time we have with him, so I wanna get a lot in, and uh, I think it's gonna be pertinent information that everybody wonder, is wondering about. So aside from the long list of things that uh, Dr. McCullough can can claim on his resume, he recently co-authored the book, The Courage to Face COVID-19, Preventing Hospitalization and Death While Battling the Biopharmaceutical Complex. And it's a, it's a real, real honor to have him back. I just hope he can hear me right now. Uh, Dr. McCullough, are you there? Yes, I am. Oh, it's great to, oh, I can't see you yet, but at least I can hear you and that's that's good enough for me. Oh, there you are. I'm just beaming in from outer space. Uh, great to join you on the program. Oh, it's great to have you back. I hope that you've been well, and uh, thank you for making time for us tonight. Well, I tell you, I'm red hot with this purple background, but I, I can't beat Franklin Street that you got up there. <laughs> no. Where are you, in Queens or something? Or No, no, no. We're, we're in Westchester, so we're a little bit outside of the blast radius of New wow. York City. <laughs> A lot, but I'll tell you what we are. We are. We are just. Uh, we're in the same county, only a couple of uh, towns down is New Rochelle, New York. And talking about pandemic response, New Rochelle was the first city in the country to have the National Guard come in in spring of 2020. So that's uh, that's that's what we have to we uh, feather in our cap over here. Anyway. If only the, if the only they were handing out treatment packets like they were in Honduras and. Goa, India. You know, in Dallas, they built a field hospital out of the Dallas County Convention Center. Thousands of beds, IVs, ventilators. They didn't use a single one. It was a total waste of time. Uh, If I was directing the Army National Guard, it would only be treatment. Treatment, treatment, treatment. 
and we would have gotten through the pandemic, not any of this, all this circus that went on. Uh, you know, speaking of the circus, I just want to jump right into it with you because I, I don't want to waste any time with you. Uh, we are mired right now and have been for a while in a war of statistics. And everyone is ar seems to be armed with statistics that keep them comfortably within the borders of their biases, whether it be political, ideological, whatever. And uh, so I want to ask you, two and a half years since the first shots were given, whose immune function is stronger? Who's handling viral infections better, the vaxxed or the unvaxxed? Unvaxxed are clearly king right now. So we've got some recent breaking news. Uh, you know, the CDC on their website has been publishing the vaccine data and they had gotten up to 92% vaxxed in the United States, 92%, at least one shot. And I gotta tell you, you and I talk in our circles, you know, we're not seeing 92%. We had a survey last summer from Zogby, representative sample. They said only two-thirds were vaxxed. Rasmussen survey in December, only two-thirds vaxxed. So they're, you know, their sample size is about 1,000. Now the COVID states survey came in, Northeastern University, very high quality, 25,000 people in the sample. 75% of people are vaxxed. That's the real number. They found out the CDC was double counting. So if somebody came in for a booster and they didn't have their own card, they went to a new center, they just counted them as another vaxxed person. Oh. So the CDC was overcounting, it's a sloppy program. So the, the, the point I'm making is, listen, 25% unvaxxed, that's a healthy minority. And that 25% in the United States has got a lot of, a lot of uh, swing power now, big swing power. Yeah, so the unvaxxed, uh, they've survived it, paper by Claussen and colleagues, Harvard, 94% of us clinically have had COVID, 97% have some form of immunity. It's very rare to have an uncovered uh, person. Now, once you've got COVID a second time, uh, you've you previously had Delta or Omicron, you're good. 0% risk of hospitalization and death as shown by uh, Chen and colleagues doing a journal of medicine in October of 2022. So you can get COVID again, but it's like a common cold. It's kind of uh, a, a no-brainer now to handle it easily with the the, the multifaceted approach that I published. And and and, and about uh, what about reinfection with those who have had multiple boosters and everything else? What is that looking like? You know, data in the United States are not clear, but outside the United States, particularly the UK, Scotland, elsewhere, the more shots people have, the more episodes of COVID they have higher rates of hospitalization and death. These are in countries where they actually know the VAX records. Turns out our CDC doesn't really know who took the shot and they still haven't opened up the data system to us. I've been making the case as a doctor, I need to know who's vaxxed and who isn't because of the rates of blood clots, heart damage, et cetera. Okay, so that's, that's where my next thing uh, I wanted to go to. Last time you were on with us, you gave us a very specific warning to parents who were considering vaccinating their children for this, um, how the risks were starkly outweighed by the benefit, uh, uh, by the, uh, the, uh, the benefit, the risks outweighed the benefits. But since the last year, um, that yeah, I think you were on in January of last year, we have had, I mean, the number of neurological injuries, uh, newly diagnosed heart conditions, excess death in otherwise young, healthy Americans is pretty startling. Yet to speculate about a person's vaccination history is apparently a crime against humanity itself. Is there any question in your mind at this time about what is causing all of these trends? No, there's not. In fact, the published literature is just pouring in over 
1,700 papers now. The kids are getting myocarditis, heart damage, uh, intracranial hemorrhage, brain uh, uh, damage, uh, uh, blood clots like we've never seen, immunologic problems, multi-system inflammatory disorder, BITT, a blood disorder. Uh, it, it's basically an unqualified disaster at this point in time. Uh, there's now no theoretical benefit at all, none. Uh, um, we are now into the final phase, probably. It's it's a solo, it's a solo standby XBB1, which is the uh, you know highly mutated uh, subvariant of Omicron. There's no vaccine that even comes close to covering that. So kids taking the shot have no hope of benefit, and and just uh, you know this is chance they're going to be damaged by it. Uh, two papers recently, one by Mansugian. The other one by Lepesic, uh, Bangkok, and Basel, Switzerland, respectively. The rate of heart damage in these kids who's taken the vaccine, 2.5%, way too high. And, and yet the significant number of states, there is a significant number of states, over, I think over 13, 13 14, I don't know. Um, they continue to mandate these shots with the schools in there. Is it for, do you think it's, I know this is just speculation, is it pride? Is it financial kickbacks? What accounts for this sort of almost religious adherence? You, you have to ask them. It almost seems diabolical. I mean, Harvard, probably the worst, uh, forcing the vaccines on the students, but the professors don't have to take it. Uh, you know, I asked somebody who leads a, an NGO called No College Mandates. I said, how does that happen? The kids have already had COVID. They don't have any risks of COVID. There's no theoretical benefit. The kids are at the highest risk of myocarditis, young men at peak age, 18 to 24. Maybe an older faculty member who's never had COVID could be at risk. And what the answer was, the reason why the faculty don't have to take it is they have more power. But so somehow this is about power and authority and the kids are being subjugated in some distorted way. You know, you know when a college student gets myocarditis or a blood clot or sadly dies, uh, you know, the case of Simone at uh, Northwestern got Moderna, myocarditis, uh, heart failure, crash, needed a heart transplant at Northwestern and she died after the heart transplant. Beautiful young woman. No apology, no apology from Northwestern, no no public statement, no remorse, no misgivings. Um, you know, parents and students need to look at this. This is not looking good for the universities and colleges at all. And and we're only a couple of years into what could be the fallout for 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 I have years to come. I don't know. You know, we had this, and, and, and I think that it's the. Um, it's where the goalposts are always moved is is what is really amazing to me every obviously even with the lab leak theory stuff every every week now it's a new it's a new animal that did it and there's so much more that is just thrown out there and muddy the waters for example uh maybe about a month or so ago we had a newscaster on msnbc that claimed that she the reason why she was diagnosed with both periocarditis and myocarditis was because of the common cold and she even brought her doctor on television to say that it was possible he, he didn't say anything he just said it was possible could you weigh in as a as top of your field on this in particular can you weigh in on myocarditis periocarditis as resulting from natural infection versus vaccine induced yeah that was the broadcaster yasmin yeah and uh you know who lost a month of her life 
she had a, a life-threatening fluid accumulation, needed a pericardial synthesis, was hospitalized urgently twice. This was a disaster. And it's known that she took the vaccine, by the way. It's, it, that's out there on social media. She's vaxxed. The FDA says the vaccines cause mild pericarditis. And instead of just saying the vaccine caused it, her and her doctor come up with this cooked uh, case where they say she got it from the common cold. She didn't look like she was even close to being honest. She looked very uncomfortable doing this. She looked angry, actually, that she was doing this. Uh, the doctor just was not credible. And, and this is really sad to see. Uh, this is the background. This is the backstory on this. Ralph Barrick at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, is the most knowledgeable person on coronaviruses in uh, the world. 1992, he publishes that if you give a super load of a beta coronavirus to a mammalian lab model, like a rabbit, you can cause myocarditis. It's possible. So everybody with COVID was on our toes for myocarditis. The NCA Big Ten had a myocarditis screening program, blood test, EKG, echo, MRI, the US military, the same thing. And with COVID in 2020, they found a handful of cases, maybe, no hospitalizations and deaths. So the NCA Big Ten gives up on this. The military gives up on this. Uh, Israel publishes a study to Valley and colleagues showing really no myocardial uh, myocarditis risks with COVID alone, uh, no more above the background level. I'm a cardiologist. Prior to the vaccines, I saw two cases. That's it, two, my whole career. Now, since the vaccines, I have dozens of cases of myocarditis. The FDA says the vaccines cause myocarditis. There are fatal cases of myocarditis published in the peer-reviewed literature, and our CDC is recorded and verified thousands of Americans having myocarditis after the vaccines. So it's clear. Yesman and the doctor should come clean on this. They're, they're basically trying to fool the public and the public's already figured this out. The vaccines do cause myocarditis, not the common cold. Man, th that was just, uh, you would think that would be the biggest public health emergency ever. Uh, if the c common cold is capable of doing this, then why weren't we seeing it? I mean, uh, I mean, every day, every season for our entire lives. And now it's just, uh, I guess she won the worst lottery in the world. But you know, on this, I wanted to start getting into the, the spike protein because there's more questions that we are always just so foggy on as they pop up. Another question people have been waiting to get some answers on is whether or not there's any solid recommendations for clearing spike proteins from the body yet. Have you done anything on this, found anything on this? Uh, yeah, fortunately, there's finally some leads on this. The spike protein we know after the infection, if you're sick enough to be in the hospital, spike proteins are circulating in the body for many months. They've been found within cells for a year and a half. Spike protein lasts a long time, makes people feel sick. Remember, the spike protein was engineered by Barrick at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. When the U.S. researchers created COVID and they published it in 2015, they they contracted the work to the lab in Wuhan, China, but it's memorialized in the in the peer-reviewed published literature. Ralph Barrick and the National Institutes of Health, they created COVID, SARS-CoV-2, and they published it in 2015. Everything from that point in time has been a cover-up. Cover up. Even the Senate uh, investigative hearings are theater at this point in time. They just pull the papers and read them because they said we created COVID 
and uh, we thank the Chinese for their help. But the spike protein is engineered, it's not natural, it stays in the body a long time. The vaccines superload the body with spike protein, superloaded. And getting shots, shot one, and four weeks later, shot two, and six months later, shot three, that is loading the body with the disease-promoting Wuhan spike protein. Uh, the breakthrough is a, a, a recent paper by Tanakawa and colleagues supported by two prior papers show that it's dissolved, nearly completely dissolved with a supplement called natokinase. Natokinase comes from natto, which is a fermentation of soybeans by a bacteria called Bacillus natto. And it's available as a capsule supplement. You can buy it. It's been around for several decades. It's used by the Japanese for atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease. Uh, the lead product is now offered by a company I advise called The Wellness Company, twc.health.com, twc.health.com. And it's called Spike Support Supplement, two capsules twice a day. That's what we're recommending to our patients. Now, can't make any therapeutic claims because we don't have the human studies of people who've taken the vaccine are sick, and we may not have them, uh, but this looks like the strongest lead we can see. Uh, another lead is uh, with some um, supplements that actually uh, try to impede the spike protein damage to the body. One is N-acetylcysteine, most people know that, NAC. The other one is a substance derived from pineapple called bromelain. That's available as a supplement. We've tried a variety of drugs um, in, in the post-vaccine injury syndrome. I only use ivermectin if there's infective <clears throat> symptoms. I use hydroxychloroquine if the blood ANA test is positive. We try to stylize it, but we're so overwhelmed with vaccine injury patients, they're gonna have to take control of their lives through these nutraceuticals and supplements. Probably the best place to go is wellnesscompanytwc.health.com. Okay, I have a friend of mine here. He's a colleague of mine, and he's a nutritionist. And I, he had something to, to ask you about this in particular. Jay, uh, meet Dr. Peter McCullough. Dr. Peter McCullough, here's Jay. <laughs> nice to meet you, Dr. McCullough. Uh, thank you for taking the time. Um, so actually, it's funny that you just mentioned, I was going to ask you about this paper, this 2021 paper in viruses that proposed uh, N-acetylcysteine and bromelain as a potential therapeutic. Uh, so have you seen that actually be effective clinically? Because I know this study was done in vitro. You know, I haven't. That's the problem. Uh, they're in vitro studies. Now, I have seen patients clinically get better on natto. It takes about two months. Okay. And small fiber neuropathy. I haven't seen it yet with bromelain or NAC. NAC is pretty broadly used in most patients anyway. I haven't uh, directly observed bromelain. Now, listen, I've tried generically in post-vaccine. I've tried ivermectin. I've tried hydroxychloroquine, fluvoxamine, uh, prednisone. I've tried a lot of the traditional drugs, and unless I find a specific niche, I, I can't I can't be confident I'm making people better. Sure. Just one follow-up then to the natokinase. Do you also think that it could help with the downstream clotting effects because of yeah. its ability to degrade fibrogen, uh, fibrinogen and the clotting factors? Do you, do you find that that may be helpful not just with the spike protein but also with the, mm -hmm. the downstream effects? Absolutely, that's probably the strong suit of natto. It's also the side effect profile, which is well characterized. We have to look for bleeding. The patients have to be told, watch for nose bleeding, bleeding of the gums. Uh, you know, we have some patients with resistant blood clots, huge ones, that we're using traditional blood thinners, aspirin, and adding natto kinase. We know we're, we're pushing the limits of anticoagulation, but these people are desperate. Uh, they're, they're starting to have blood clots shoot to their lungs. We have inferior vena cava filters in. I mean, it's been an, it's been a disaster yeah. 
for people who are taking these vaccines. Now, not everyone is is ruined like this, but about 15% have some new medical problem. Um, uh, Jay, was that all you want? Yeah, that's great. Thank you very much. Well, I have I have a little now for those of us determined to remain untouched by these shots altogether. There's a few lingering questions that that we still have. Number one, the first one is the biggest one. Are we where are we on answering the question of shedding? How easy is it for a vaccinated person to essentially cross pollinate the unvaccinated? Okay, well, let's tackle that one. Uh, you know, probably the best paper on shedding is by Helene Benoon, former INSERM scientist from Europe. Uh, so it's worth the read. Uh, first off, let's tackle the spike protein uh, data from the Framingham Heart Database and University of Texas at Houston show that virtually every one of us have been exposed to the spike protein. There's been enough spike protein around with the infection, you know, what's called the spike protein super antigen effect in the, you know, in the environment that, that we don't have to worry. Spike protein is not an issue. We, we've all been exposed. There are some antibodies there on research grade tests. The big thing you're asking is the, the 25% who are unvaxxed, they don't want to take the vax. So the last thing you want to do is pick up the foreign genetic code. And that's really highly abnormal. I want people to know that Pfizer and Moderna chose to use pseudouridine, which is a synthetic uh, pyramidine in place of uracil on every single instance through the strand. The messenger RNA is highly synthetic. It is not broken down. It looks like it's permanent. Uh, the only case we have published where messenger RNA is transferred is through breast milk by a paper by Hannah and colleagues from JAMA. Uh, no report on what happened to the babies. There's still not a documented case of someone shedding the RNA into someone else and having that person acquire the RNA proven. Although a recent paper by Castri Yuda and colleagues is disturbing. They were able to find high concentrations of messenger RNA circulatory in the bloodstream up to 28 days after taking the shot. And this as long as they've looked, it could circulate longer. So sooner or later, it's either gonna happen or not happen. But uh, the data suggests my, my general advice based on the emerging science is for someone who did take a vaccine, which is very few people nowadays, hmm. uh, but someone who did take the vaccine, no sex, kiss, kissing, close contact for about 90 days. Certainly no blood donation. No. I mean, before you were talking about uh, uh, whether or not the things that we're committing to or institutions around the world, health institutions around the world have been committing to are diabolical in nature. Well, you know, again, for those of us who want to stay clear of this for one reason or another, I remember a few months ago, maybe before the end of the of 2022, we were reading about these two parents from Australia who had their child held back from vital surgery because they requested non-vaccinated blood for transfusion. And they even had their own donor, but I, I guess they were denied seemingly because allowing this to happen would be some sort of validation of their fears. And now it's estimated by some that 80% or more of our blood supply in the US is from vaccinated people. So do you have any advice for, for those who might be in a situation where they might need a blood transfusion, uh, but want to remain uh, without this mRNA stuff getting into them? There's six uh, NGOs working on this right now. I don't think any one of them are gonna be successful. I've counseled them that they need to put pressure on the American Red Cross to simply collect information on vaccine status or link to the CDC vaccine administration records. And we need to know who's been vaccinated and who's donating blood. We need that checkbox checked 
We certainly shouldn't have anybody who's recently taken a shot donate blood. That should be that should be off limits. Um, and, and so there should be some period of time, whether it's three months, six months or so, where they can't donate blood. We do that for other conditions. Uh, the Swiss have been able to do that. They've been able to get the checkbox in, and so someone in Switzerland can request unvaccinated blood. Uh, in the United States, we simply don't have the checkbox, so people are trying to do a workaround and get separate donors. The problem with the case you mentioned is cross-matching. So even if they had people who are unvaccinated willing to donate, the chances even of a family member cross-matching are so low, it's too risky. Hmm. So uh, we can't do directed uh, blood donation. It, it doesn't work. We, people have pu pushed this before. We're going to need the checkbox on the general donor form. Right now, the American Red Cross is redesigning all their, their entry forms. They do it electronically on the computer. The reason why they're design redesigning the forms is to have more sensitivity to gender preference. Oh. Yes. Well, why don't they just give a checkbox telling us if they took the vax? That's more important than their pronouns. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. You ask me. Yeah, you're telling me. I'm. I'm. I, that's just. It's just. It's. That's just getting into everything. You want to talk about pervasiveness? The mRNA's got nothing on uh, on the the mind virus that's burning through everything around here. Um, now, you know, I, before I get into a little bit more of a societal question, because I'm trying to work our time as best we can, um, whatever happened to Regeneron? Whatever happened to the monoclonal antibodies? There was a time where everybody was, this was really promising. Uh, then we started having rationing. They started putting a lot of identity politics into the way it was rationed as well. And then it just disappeared. Whatever happened to that? Monoclonal antibodies from the very beginning were high-tech, Operation Warp Speed, safe and effective. I loved them. I used them all the time, my patients. I can't tell you how many patients were saved with monoclonal antibodies. And they changed over time. They became more sophisticated. We even had a, a, a depot, long-acting pair of monoclonal antibodies, uh, Evaciximab Eva and Tixabiximab, uh, is known as Evushield. Great product. We could use that as every six-month injection for high-risk uh, transplant patients, what have you. Okay. One after another was pulled off the market by the government, HHS, uh, FDA, for no clear reasons. They said, well, the virus mutated, so the antibodies may not work, so we're pulling it off the market. Well, let me tell you, the virus mutated, the vaccines clearly didn't work, <laughs> and they kept fronting these vaccines. So the, the monoclonal antibodies were not treated fairly. The vaccines were were treated um, uh, with incredible um, promotion, and Americans suffered. We still should have monoclonal antibodies. I had a patient call today, 96 years old, and it's her first case of COVID, and she's sick. Mm. And believe me, I would love to have monoclonal antibodies, but they're not available now. They've been pulled off the market. Wow, wow. I uh, that's, See, I, I always wondered about that. I'm glad I remembered to ask you here. So then here's the, uh, you talk about the government you talk about all of the government's doctors and we can copy and paste the issues that we've had here and around the world and many countries even had it worse than we did as far as the way we were treated the way we were propagandized everything censored we were coerced censored people were killed because of all this action and because of it uh dr mccullough uh, it caused a lot of people to reconsider their trust in not only the science behind all vaccines, but even the validity of virology as a whole. How would you respond to people who have had their trust in all of this completely shattered? 
Let's take the public health agencies. Uh, CDC has already admitted large mistakes and they were wrong on virtually everything from asymptomatic spread to social distancing to lockdowns to testing vaccines. This CDC was just uh, basically a disaster. Um, the FDA, uh, Pfizer in its 90 days post-marketing data starting December 10th, 2020 logged 1,223 deaths shortly after taking Pfizer and the FDA tried to cover that up. They didn't want to release it to the public for 55 years. So any trust in the FDA is gone right now, gone. And uh, America just doesn't trust them. The, the FDA is supposed to safeguard America from biopharmaceutical harms, dangerous products, and they're not doing it. And, and they're willfully not doing it. Uh, let's take the National Institutes of Health. Uh, you know, it's now clear the National Institutes of Health with the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and the Chinese, they created COVID. They created the COVID virus. People make a big deal about money being sent to China from the NIH through the EcoHealth Alliance. The Chinese didn't need money. I've been to China five times. I've been in their labs. They're state of the art. They didn't need money. They needed the blueprint. They needed the plan of how to create SARS-CoV-2, and they got it from Ralph Barrick at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Since that time, it's been an orchestrated cover-up. Fauci met with a dozen or more scientists, Jeremy Farrar from the Wellcome Trust, and they orchestrated no less than a dozen falsified papers in the peer-reviewed literature saying the vaccine came, came from uh, nature, from bats. They were trying to directly mislead the public because it was already published it came out of the lab. And now, just in 2023, our former CDC director Redfield comes out and says, yeah, it came from the lab. You know, and the question he, they didn't ask him is, well, why didn't you tell us back in 2019? Uh, the Department of Energy said, yeah, it came out of the lab and we are kind of responsible. The FBI said it came out of the lab. Yeah, and we are partly responsible. Now the State Department yesterday said, yeah, it came out of the lab and we've got classified documents we don't want to turn over. I mean, we're looking at a complete loss of trust in government. This government with some collaborators made this monster and millions of people died. Tens of millions of people were unnecessarily hospitalized. That's how wrong this thing is. And everybody is scrambling. All these people claiming to invent messenger RNA and lipid nanoparticles, they're all culpable here. They're all culpable in deep, deep water. Now this issue of trusting beyond this, like, like what do you trust in uh, in terms of information and, and, and do viruses really exist, uh, this has spurred people to go so far as to say that, you know, the entire field of virology doesn't exist, that viral cultures don't exist, that viruses can't be isolated, that, that antiviral drugs don't exist, that killed viral vaccines don't exist. I mean, that's a lot of denial. That, I mean, that, that's really hard to say all that to tell you the truth, because obviously there's decades and decades of virology. Um, SARS-CoV-2, the virus, has clearly been isolated. It's transferred in viral cultures. Uh, the Chinese purify it and make a killed vaccine out of it, Sinovac, Coronavac vaccine. The, the uh, SARS-CoV-2 virus, you can see it on electron microscopy, uh, and it's been well characterized. The genetic code is completely known. I mean, so what I tell the virus deniers is that, listen, leave that to the big boys, leave it to experts who, who know about this and 
And uh, I'm telling you, I see sick patients every day with COVID. It's a real syndrome. It's not the flu. Because when I asked the virus deniers, I said, well, listen, if COVID doesn't exist, you just tell me what's making people sick. They go, it's the flu. I go, no, it isn't. This isn't anywhere close to the flu. The x-ray doesn't look the same. The blood test isn't the same. COVID patients get blood clots. Influenza doesn't. Influenza gets secondary staphylococcal pneumonia. COVID doesn't. So the virus deniers can't say it's the flu. Um, personally, I don't think they're helpful. They, sometimes they, they attack me on social media. It's just not a useful thing. They, they should be focusing on fighting, I think, the bigger menace, and that is the mandated genetic vaccines, which are a wrecking machine. Well, you know, I, you, you said something there before about the, the, the admissions, the, the trail of admissions time and time again. And I say when you think about what was been, what's been done to us, and you, you mentioned the death rate. Well, even in that 2021 PBS uh, thing that Tony Fauci and Muriel Bowser were, oh, have just had released, which is ridiculous. I don't know why they even did that, because several things that they said in just the promo video have been completely proven to be lies in the in the years I mean, it's incredible even the 600,000 people who were dead at the time i think of that and i say all right well here's your statistics again did 600,000 people get killed by the uh the, the virus itself or were it was it these uh these barbaric protocols and uh you know admissions making mistakes at this point doctor is not enough half of the country were polled uh, in the middle of all this, and, and and they had expressed the desire to see the other half of the country placed into concentration camps if they did not go along with the kind of propaganda that was going on out there. Bill Maher even did a good job at showing what the media did to Democrat voters in particular by by showing how uh, you know crazy exaggerated their thought of the severity of the virus and hospitalizations were compared to everybody else, compared to the reality. I mean, this is something where admissions and mistakes were made. It, it, that's not enough. Accountability is... Um, I guess that's my final question. Uh, when when World War Pharma finally ends, will we ever see Nuremberg too? Boy, a lot to unpack there. Let me just say that this isn't over with. You know, your governor, Governor Hochul, <laughs> at the last minute she appealed. She still wants the New York concentration camps. Can you imagine that Chinese-style quarantine camps in New York State? I mean, you can't make this up. I mean, people's minds are distorted. And if people's minds can be this twisted, I don't think we can expect justice. Justice means we actually have to have fair-minded people in the court system. Right now, the courts appear to be completely corrupt. There's no due process. We've seen uh, behaviors that just don't make any sense in the court system whatsoever. And uh, no, I don't think there's gonna be a Nuremberg 2.0. This is about each person themselves getting justice. This is about each person themselves defining what happens to their body and being strong enough and brave enough to do it. I mean, people keep knuckling over and they tell me they're gonna lose their job if they don't take a genetic shot, which has no hope of helping them. COVID's essentially over with and they're getting sick with blood clots. They have to have a little bit more courage than that. So, uh, you know, and I ask them, I said, listen, you're gonna take this shot what are you gonna do when you get a blood clot? Oh, I don't know. What about heart damage or cardiac arrest? What about your family? Oh, I don't know, hopefully that won't happen. I said, what's the social contract? Do, do you get 
two months of work or six months of work or what, what do you get for taking another shot? Well, I don't know. Well, when's the next shot going to happen? Well, they haven't told us. I mean, these people taking shots, they've got to ask themselves some hard questions. What are they accomplishing? I mean, this idea that they were forced into it, that's not good enough for me. No. I mean, people have to start showing some courage. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Jay, do you have anything else for the good doctor over here? No, this has been fascinating. It has been. It has been. I, 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 I'm actually very happy of myself. I got all my questions in. <laughs> this is this would usually be about a 45-minute leisurely uh, conversation, but I'm, I'm really just fire-hosing Dr. McCullough right now. I really appreciate this, doctor. Um, anything that you want to leave people with, especially uh, all the, the URLs and your next appearances? I know that you do sure. a lot of public appearances. Let everybody know where you're going to be next and, and, and final, final thoughts you want to leave them with. Well, you know, listen, I was just in New York State rocking the house down in uh, Rochester, New York, in my original hometown in Buffalo. Hmm. And uh, and let me tell you what, you guys got to fight hard there. Uh, I don't want to see you end up in one of these concentration camps in Hoshal holding the whip, trying to whip you into taking a vax. I mean, you guys need to really step up there. There's time for courage. Uh, or they come down to Texas here and get get you a pickup truck and start living. Yeah. Um, you know, you can uh, follow me everywhere. Go to my website, PeterMcCulloughMD.com. That'll take you everywhere. My my Substack, really hot, courageous discourse. Got to check it out. Best Substack on the platform right now. Uh, every article carefully cited. Uh, John Leake, my co-author of my book, uh, writes all the geopolitical Substacks again, they're terrific. Well written. He's a best-selling author, best in class. My book is uh, Courage to Face COVID-19. That's at CourageToFaceCOVID.com. My podcast is America Out Loud Talk Radio, McCullough Report. Uh, I'm on Pulse. You mentioned Fauci and uh, the the DC mayor. That's on the front of my uh, Pulse uh, right now, playing uh, Wednesday evenings on America Out Loud Talk Radio, where I, where I answer questions and answers. My McCullough Report comes out twice on Saturday, twice on Sunday, and then Tuesday on the Apple iHeart Podcast Network. And I'm pleased to announce John Leake and I just signed a deal for a new TV show. It's going to be on AFN Network in Dallas. Um, I can tell you this much. I'm doing everything I can as a doctor and a person in position of authority to help every single person and end this miserable pandemic. And you don't hear anybody in Washington saying that they want to end it. And I tell you, I'm big enough and I'm strong enough to do it, and I am doing it. Well, I'll tell you one thing: if you do anything else, you're going to have to clone yourself. So because <laughs> that's just that is a lot. But I'm but but thank God that you're doing it, and thank you for everything, Doctor. I've got your your URL, your website in the description of this episode, and I hope that you get a lot more people checking out your work. You uh, you've done a lot of good for the country, and I can't wait for the next time that you're on. Okay, thanks for having me. All right, take care. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. There's Dr. Peter McCullough. And that was, uh, well, well, Jay, we're going to have a lot to talk about. So let's just go on a really quick break. And when we come back from this intermission, uh, we will be back from the intermission. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Don't go anywhere. In fact, share it out more because your your calls, your super chats, and everything else, uh, that will be, oh, and also, I want to talk to you, Jay, especially about virology. Uh, the, the little bit of a the competing theories are, have been coming up again in the last couple of years, germ versus terrain. So uh, let's talk at great length. I hope to hear from you on the other side. Don't go anywhere. It's intermission time, folks. Time out. Press the like button. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen. 
Revolution. We'll be right back. Quite frankly. 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 We all support quite frankly. Not quite. Let's go, Brandon. Quite frankly, in Roma, Italia. Quite frankly, you going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly, with Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? Okay, folks, so we are back with a vengeance. Let's see. So, um, first thing I want to do before I get into any of the super chats, because I know when we start taking super chats and calls, we're going to be going to all types of directions and subjects, especially with Jay here. I know people just generally like having questions answered by Jay, but, um, so Jay, the that question that we had for Dr. McCullough is still a pretty big one toward the end as far as the trust has been broken, the theories about whether or not the you know, viruses even exist at all, uh, not only for common people, but for people like for people like you, uh, germ theory versus terrain theory. Is, is it the germ we need to defeat or is the body at odds with itself? <laughs> You know, is there something deficient within the body that just causes a little tension on the chain, the chain breaks, and suddenly there is dis-ease? Um, uh, just general thoughts on that. Well, I think you framed it in a really interesting way. I think, to me, it's always been a Venn diagram of terrain theory and germ theory. You sound better than the first half of the show, by the way. You're, you're, I'm warmed up. Yeah, your voice yeah, is getting good. Ready to go. Um, <laughs> he's he's healing. You know, yeah. Before your eyes, you know, you need a mute button over here so that you know when I sniffle, it yeah. doesn't. Uh, so, so it, it's really interesting to me because I, I think we have evidence that both exist, right? Bacteria are easily able to be seen through my uh, microscopy. Um, we there's a little bit more debate in the in the viral realm, and I will also say, you know, I I, I respect 
everybody who's gone through the process of becoming a medical doctor, educating themselves, I think, I think we've gotten to a place where we don't like, or we think that disagreement means something that it, that it shouldn't mean. You know, we, once upon a time, disagreement was just productive and it was part of science. Now we think if you don't 100% agree with somebody, then you, then you don't like that person. And that's just ridiculous. Um, what I'll say is that there are prominent doctors who are now questioning virology. And I, now to me, this is not my wheelhouse. So I almost sit back as a spectator to some degree because while I studied some virology and some immunology, I didn't study it at the level that a virologist or an immunologist would. So it's, to me, it's always a Venn diagram. The, the, we have evidence now at this point that the terrain matters, right? You can go out to dinner with somebody, you can all eat the same food, and some people can get food poisoning. And that's, that's well documented. I, I, I've, I've seen papers on that, and, and a lot of people have even had that experience where at their own dinner table, they'll share a meal and somebody gets sick. I've had that experience before. So clearly the terrain matters. And, and, and I want to just really quickly, you know, you asked me this question, and I found something that I thought would be worth reading to the audience. And terrain theory, essentially, and germ theory, the two pioneers of these fields were Louis Pasteur and Antoine Beauchamp. They were both... French scientists, and they were essentially alive at the same time, and they had competing theories. Pasteur was germs, and Beauchamp was the terrain. Now, there's a sort of thought out there that Pasteur, on his deathbed, now I have no evidence of this, but, but if you go look this up, you'll find people who claim to have, you know, his journal, his daughter published his journal after he died, and he recanted and said the germ is nothing, terrain is everything, Pasteur. So supposedly Pasteur on his deathbed recanted everything and said no, Beauchamp was right. I don't have any, I'm not claiming that, I'm just letting people know if they go look this up, they may find that. And if you find anything compelling, send it my way, because I'm interested. Yeah. But, but this is from a cancer research journal in 2017. And I just think it's really interesting because essentially what they're saying here is the terrain matters. So I think it's worth reading. So they say, humans consider themselves autonomous organisms, but recent research is rapidly strengthening the appreciation that associated microorganisms make essential contributions to human health and well-being. Each person is inhabited and also surrounded by his or her own signature microbial cloud. A low diversity of microorganisms is associated with a plethora of diseases, including allergy, diabetes, obesity, arthritis, inflammatory bowel disease, and even neuropsychiatric disorders. Thus, an interaction of microorganisms with the host immune system is required for a healthy body. Mm. Now, that's a field that essentially takes the nuclear approach to cancer. Right. Right. Chemo. <laughs> so isn't that very interesting, which has, you know, a spectacular failure rate. You know, five-year survival rate is, is in, in the 2%. It's terrible. But it, so it's just very interesting to me that even the researchers in those fields understand that they're missing something. And as a clinical nutritionist, I don't have the ability to prescribe medications. So, my, so I would have a bias towards terrain theory because all I can do is support the terrain. But I've also seen it be incredibly effective in a clinical setting. So, um, again, antibiotics save lives. So to me, I see this perfect Venn diagram where both things coexist. Now, whether viruses exist or not, you know, again, that's totally outside. I've never seen one in a, you know, electron uh, microscope. So that's not my area. Although, again, there are some prominent doctors and, you know, I, I should give you some of their names. I would, I think you would reach out, you know, and have a great conversation about that with someone who really has dug into this and have them present their side of the argument. Because when I listen to both sides, I see people who have a lot to say and, and, and these are credible people. These aren't, 
you know, just, you know, the person. You, the you know, Western trained doctors who don't believe the viruses exist. Yes. Okay. Yes. I would so, love to talk to so one. So that's what I'm saying. Right. So I think it's, I think it's, uh, and I don't have a, I don't have an opinion on that because, because honestly, I, you know, there's so much to know in science and I'm just, I'm ignorant of that, of that field mm -hmm. to that degree. I, I do agree with Dr. McCullough that something is making people sick. So maybe it's just even, maybe it's as simple as terminology that we need to redefine. Is a virus something that floats through the air and infects somebody? Or as some of these MDs believe, it's wrapped up in exosomes, which are actually expelled from our cells. And they're a way for the body to update genetic material and that it so it's not technically infectious, it's more of a communication device. So this is what you'll find when you interview some of these doctors. And they, they find that exosomes and viruses look identical when you look at them under a microscope. You so know, it's just fascinating, right? And, and I, I like to have that conversation without, without it being uh, adversarial. Yeah, I, I know that, and that, that's the big, that's the big um, goal these days is to, to have it just be a, an interesting talk yeah. without offending somebody for not reaching a conclusion that they want you to settle on. But, you know, the way that it's been explained to me in the past, I haven't necessarily seen it as a one or the other situation as well. And I'm not, I'm, I'm far less trained than even you are. Uh, but, you know, I, I always said to myself, why couldn't they both be contributing factors, the germ and the terrain? A healthy terrain and from a terrain theory standpoint how does it explain a cold or a flu running through an entire household yeah. you know um i'm not even talking about food uh you know some kind of a bug that from food but surely there are situations where one person it, it, um will have gotten will have not gotten sick but five other members of their family have and in that situation, I'm sure that we can credit their terrain mm -hmm. for being more resilient than others. But then again, resilient against what? Right. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, so th that's, I, I mean. Yeah, I, I will. So I, I, again, completely agree. And, and if, if, if terrain were not a thing, um, so my sort of, I always go back to the microbiome and the, the mitochondria when it comes to human health. And we see fecal microbial transplants become incredibly effective at managing certain diseases. So you're essentially, you're, you're resetting a, a broken terrain. You're, you're reseeding the microbiome. Is this when people have uh, baby shit put inside of them? Yeah. Or I shouldn't say that. I should say it's, it would be healthy you know, uh, feces from a healthy human host. So they, they literally take the bacterial culture, they put it in capsules, and you take it. And I, I, you know, I don't understand fully the process. I think they have to sort of nuke your system with antibiotics so that you essentially become germ-free and then they reseed. Okay. Um, or, or maybe not. I mean, I, mean, I, I guess- You can't just it, have a little cottage cheese, Jay? <laughs> well, so here's the thing. You can. And this is why I advocate for, uh, for a lot of fermented foods because they do a similar thing. Now, the question is whether it's transient, you know, like a lot of probiotics don't don't necessarily colonize. They're, they have more of a transient effect, but I think probiotic foods can be very effective at, at sort of crowding out some of the, you know, if you think of it as a neighborhood, you got some of the, some not so nice people in the neighborhood and some the nice bad people. Apples. Yeah, and you want to weed some of those out, and that's what happens when you take probiotics in 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 terms of food, not not necessarily in in pill form. The the strains are much wider in in food form. So, um, yeah, it's a fascinating topic. Something I, I I actually love to read about and learn about because um, because I do respect so many people in both camps. 
and, and which is really cool. I, I feel like I have the opportunity to sit there and not pass judgment and just consume the information. And that's that's why I always consider myself a student because I'm, I'm always trying to learn. So Yeah, well, well you've got me uh, interested in speaking to some of your friends now too. Yeah. Um, all right, so let me get to some super chats and then we will take a, a very, very tiny break and come back and just do all all calls. Because, I, guys, anything goes tonight for the rest of the show. There's plenty of subject matter with what we just discussed with uh, Dr. Peter McCullough. And I'm getting text messages just from people who, who know me that, uh, that are watching that, that thought it was great. So I can't wait to hear what you guys and gals think. But let's go to first on quitefranklysuperchat.com. Quitefranklysuperchat.com. Stostube showing up. Tonight says, Frank, another show hit straight out of the park. Always a great listen and so many wonderful guests. I'm going to just throw it out there in case you and the Franklies didn't know it, that it is what we support. That it, that is what they support. That it uh, is great independent media and quite frankly is the best. Well, I appreciate it's a wonderful audience and you guys are the best and I'm glad. It's like we're made for each other, and I'm I'm fine with that. We can leave the world outside and just do whatever in here. It's pretty cozy anyway. Albert Frederick says, just wondering if anyone can answer how many viruses have been isolated during the uh, Koch's postulates. You know, the gold standard of isolation. The answer should not be surprising at this point in the game. Just saying. I think Albert would like your friend. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, B. Mulaney says, question for Jay. My good friend eats a whole lot of ass. He's <laughs> is this king? I, it might be king. I don't know. <laughs> a pseudonym? No I, no, I don't think so. Okay, I don't think so. Because I, I think that this, uh, I think that uh, Mr. Mulaney over here asked. Um, I think he was the one that finally nailed Matt on being a cat. Oh, so he's always out there and trying to you know break the paradigm. My friend, uh, my good friend eats a whole lot of ass. He's about the quantity and not the quality, and it's beginning to affect his personal and professional life. Do you think that he has a deficiency in his gut microbiome, or is he just a fucking pervert? That's exactly where I was going. You see, quality has to matter. you got to have a talk, a heart-to-heart -heart talk with your friend and tell him, listen, it's not about quantity, it's about quality. If you want to reseed that microbiome, you got to choose a quality ass. Yeah, what was I, I should have that. I should have had that. Uh, <laughs> where is that Michael Jordan? Where is it? I had... See, I have so many things. <laughs> I have so many different things that are are. I have to get them onto a, onto a glit. What should I call it? Where the hell is it? Did you say oh. Michael Jordan? Yeah, it's a Michael Jordan meme. Oh, it's the it's the it's the stop it. Get some help. <laughs> but you know the thing is, I I have so many memes over here, video uh. video bites. But it's not. I can't organize them like I did on on my vid blaster. I have to know exactly what I'm going to be doing that oh, night. You can't keyword search Michael Jordan? No, no, yeah. not like that. And it's just, it's like listed as a file. It doesn't matter. It's the, behind the us The moment's now. gone now. <laughs> moment's gone. I should have... <laughs> should have anticipated hey, that. She was a hoa. Oh, no, that is a mistake. <laughs> I didn't mean that. I wasn't even talking about a girl. <sighs> Jenna from South Carolina says, hey Frank, I regret I can't join live tonight, but we'll catch the replay later. If Jay has time, I'd love to hear what his tips are for meeting protein goals every day. The struggle is real over here. Love you both. Oh, 
Well, I mean, one of the tricks you can do is a, is a high quality protein shake. You know, it's not my first choice, but certainly, I mean, I, I get that help too, especially if you're only eating one or two meals a day. So find a nice, you know, m most of those will have around 25 grams and that's pretty good. So if you're looking for one gram per pound of body weight and you weigh, I don't know, as a female, I'm not supposed to guess female no. weights and I don't even know her. So I really, I really shouldn't, uh, I've, never, I've never met her in person. I, I know better not to, yeah, I'm, not I'm, to I'm, guess. I'm, yeah. Let's say she's a hundred pounds. That, that's pretty safe. Um, that's pretty light. I know. I mean, she, that's, <laughs> that's that what is, I said. That is a, that's a pipsqueak of <laughs> a woman. A lovely light woman. <laughs> Jeez, that's like An that's like Angela from the office. We're gonna go with a hundred, Frank. That uh, twenty-five is you know would be a quarter, but no. So so protein shake would be um, would be one of the ways, and then the other way is just to sort of focus your meal around that. You know, so instead of a four-ounce burger, make an eight-ounce burger, and that's gonna be like forty grams. Gotcha. So make a bigger burger. You know, my uh, my wife Lauren was asking about this today because she was she was looking at all the nutritional content of this uh, this batch of bone broth that we had we had gotten, and she saw that the in, the entire thing was about thirty five grams of protein, and she said, you know, if if I were to take this if I were to take this whole thing down uh, today because it wasn't a lot, mm. you know. Um, if I were to do this 35 grams of protein from this bone broth, what would the difference between this and, you know, it would it be a different kind of protein or a different kind of experience versus 35 grams of beef? Yes. Okay. And yeah. Her question is why? Be what and why? So th that's like having collagen. Collagen is a is a protein, but it's not the, the amino acid uh, balance is different than in a complete protein. Okay. Uh, so you'd be getting more glycine, for instance, in something like a bone broth or a collagen. Uh, but you want the full... I don't usually count collagen toward my total protein goal because it's not a complete protein. That's the only reason why. Gotcha. It's not that it's not beneficial. I just like to only count my complete proteins towards the protein goal. Okay. All right. Well, there you have that. Let's go on over to... Oh, wait. We got one more over here. Oh, boy. Okay. Savage Sock Puppet says, first contribution, this is my first contribution. I've been watching for a few years now. I had to weigh in on King's poll last night. <laughs> I got a couple emails about this oh, boy. too. Uh, or King's poll two nights ago. I'm right up there with him at number 10. Broads don't need perfume scent. Just bring on the natural musk. Okay. okay. All right. Pheromones. So I got an email from someone that's been watching the show for a long time saying, Frank, I'm at about five. I'm about a five. So that sounds like a fence sitter. It's he. Well, he also said. I also have to say, I was driving when that whole phone call with King happened, and I almost ran <laughs> ran into oncoming traffic. I was laughing so hard. So I'm glad people um, people enjoy the yeah. the the unpredictable nature of the show sometimes. Comic relief. Yeah. Okay. Over on Rumble, I have a super chat that Rumble rant that came in from Nana Nose. Nana says, listen to the interview again. Listen carefully to Dr. McCullough describe the virus as certain components. These components then usually alert your immune system and are called antigens. Thanks, Frank. Thank yeah. you, Nana. And I hope that you guys all listen to it many times and send it to your friends. And it's episodes like this that usually do well um, for a while. Yeah, and listening to complex topics multiple times. I mean, that's how I got through grad school. Yeah. I didn't listen to lectures once. I usually had to listen to them four or five times. Mm. It's just the way they sink in. Um, another a couple batch of 
super chats over here. This one is from quitefrankly.tv, Foxhole. There's going to be a lot of great changes to quitefrankly.tv, and we've been working directly with Foxhole. Uh, actually, a lot of the, thing, the changes that have been happening to Foxhole lately with private streams and soon mass messaging for subscribers and all that stuff, it's it, because we've been working directly with Matt. It's been wonderful. Um, I really, really love Foxhole. Uh, it has gotten so much more stable. Uh, it has it has grown wonderfully. They care about uh, free speech, about what we do over here at the network end of things, and uh, we're working hand in hand with them in redesigning the web the website. Quite frankly, TV because. Foxhole is the centerpiece of quitefrankly.tv, so we're working with color schemes with them, borders. Matt uh, from Foxhole and Pilled.net was on the phone with Lauren yesterday doing some, uh, just doing some concept work for the new everything. So it's gonna be great, really is, and only, only more and more good stuff there. So please make sure that you make quitefrankly.tv a bookmark on your browser. Chai Possum says, Evening Frank and Franklies. Secret Weapon says, Well done, Dr. McCullough. Stay the course. Boys Blanc, thank you. Sean Joe, thank you. Frankly of Frankston says, Jay uh, is carnivore-based diets and good salt still healthy for renal health diets. So that's, that's very individual. If there is um, a kidney issue, you may you may have to pare down some of the protein. That's the only time I've ever seen in the literature people will say high protein is bad for the kidneys. I've, it, I've, it's not been shown in anybody unless there is actual kidney disease. So I, I wouldn't want to make a blanket recommendation, but I would say if there is some kind of renal issue that you, you should explore that. And, and generally speaking, I would just sort of go moderate on the protein. There's no reason to go. So you don't know of more. any cases where high protein diets have caused kidney no, disease? No, 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 no. They're just sort of, uh, I wouldn't even use the word contraindicated. I just know that if, the, if, if there's a struggle with the filtration rate in the kidneys, high protein can be problematic. So I would just say caution with that. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Jesse, 81138, thank you. Tom Ford says, on keto, do net carbs versus total carbs make that much of a difference? Net carbs, mm -hmm. including fiber, et cetera. There's a whole war going on between that, you know? Um, I, I guess it depends. If, if, you're, if, you really, if you're using a ketogenic diet to manage, let's say you're using it to manage a, a disease, uh, like cancer or epilepsy or something, then I would not, I would not deal with net carbs. I would go, to, you know, I would say... Total carbs, they you just have to count the total carbs. Net carbs, basically you're subtracting the fiber from the total carbohydrate count because your body can't really me metabolize the fiber. So in that case, if you're just doing the ketogenic diet and you want it to be more livable because a, a true strict clinical ketogenic diet could be very difficult to stick to. Again, if you're managing a disease and it's the only choice you have, then there really is no choice. But so I would say that's the nuance. I mean, I, I don't mind the net carb approach, especially if you're, um, especially if you've been doing it for a while. Maybe at the beginning of a ketogenic diet, you'd want to stick with uh, the total carb count because then you also have the ability to more quickly adapt. Mm -hmm. and the adaptation phase is where it gets a lot of people. People struggle there. So, so that might help you get in a little bit quicker, but there's no hard and fast rule. I would just say if you're managing a disease, don't don't deal with net carbs, don't play that game, just just go total carbs. Okay. Uh, thank you, Sean Joe. Sean Joe says, great guest, Frank. Yes, he was. Um, Khaleesi, thank you. Sean Joe again says, question. 
is shedding real. So what symptoms? Oh, well, we got into that, thankfully. Mm -hmm. Uh, great guest, Frank. Thank you. That's from Mazington. Paulie, 9363. Brilliant guests. That's two guests. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, Paulie. Boyce Blanc again. Sean Joe. Uh, Michael Meyer says, Frank, I wish you could get that... Uh, wait, hold on. I, Frank, I wish you can get that black gentleman who told Fauci to pound sand on your show. <laughs> I, you know, who knows? Uh, who knows where he'll pop up? I'm sure somebody's looking for him right now. Yeah. I'm sure somebody is. And to your point, I cannot believe they aired that. You had that. See, I thought that was current, which made it even crazier. I'm thinking they're still trying to do this. And then it was you that said it was from 2021. The footage is from 2021. Right, I didn't know that. And now that I know that, it's almost just like a different version of crazy. So you had that in the can. You know it's going to make you look terrible, given what we know now. And you still put it out? Are you that arrogant? It's incredible. I don't know what it is. And then watching Fauci go into the car and like pop the pills, I was like, "Wow, what are, what are we doing he got here?" Got into the car. He's he's he sprayed the uh, the uh, what's it called the disinfectant into his hands. Like, <laughs> it's just like like he's the, the lonely warrior on the battlefield, just trying to do it. Every house counts. These and, freaks. And is that the same? I saw a, a, some other clip of him crying during Biden's inauguration. Is that in that same? Oh, I don't know. Seriously, Frank. Seriously, I cried after his opening pitch. Yeah, I mean, I cried during Biden's inauguration as well, but it was for a different reason. Yeah, but no, I mean, it just—it's—they're um, laying it on thick at this point, you know. And for someone who claims to not be political, he certainly does a lot of political things. That's that's an—that's un, unforced though. Yeah, you're talking about stuff that you filmed in 2021. Oh. Nobody, nobody would ever know if you ever put it that out. That was my point. When you said it was 2021, I—it just hit me upside the head. Like, how? Whose decision was that to still put that out? You could have easily, no one would have known. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. What do we talk about all the time with media? A, the internet is forever. Right. All this stuff is forever. Right. I mean, I mean, it, it, everything that was filmed on television in the 1980s has been transmitted digital now. It's, I mean, we can go back and we can see everything. So um, if you're, if you're a, a White House press secretary and you're spewing bullshit three years ago, in that given moment, you know that the bullshit I'm spewing right now is going to be confirmed bullshit in just a year. So what's the point of saying anything ever? You know, but yeah. but but the, the whole Fauci thing, you think that whenever they have a chance to just throw something in the dumpster and say, you know what, we, we have enough problems right now. Why are we going to have uh, the, the mayor of D.C. and the head honcho, uh, uh, you know, the, the big face for the entire virus response effort. Why are we going to have these two people get completely BTFO'd by the common man in Maryland? Yeah. You know, you'd think that they'd say, let's just, okay, never mind. We, we had our chance. It's unbelievable. I agree. I just, it was shocking to me when I found out when the footage was from. Why would they ever air it? Well, here we go. A little bit more. I think, um, Let's see. Uh, thank you, Chai Possum. Just because says that was a great interview with Dr. McCullough. Thank you. You got it, Bob. Chai again says, Jay, I'm on uh, Imuran. Is there any supplements uh, I should not be taking? Uh, thank you in advance. Imuran? Imuran? I M U R A N. I don't know what that is. <clears throat> give me a second. I don't know. Well, well, you know what? He'll look up. He'll look that up after we come back from break because it's 8:30. I want to just take a really quick break. Come back and do the last half hour calls so i see people who are already calling in 914-595-6953 we will be back in a flash enjoy yourselves 
civic. Life, real life, a thing that we have been denied for far too long. Good morning, my neighbors! Hey, fuck you! Yes! Yes! Fuck you, too! They're off in the Christmas COVID handicap hurdle. And first to show is Omicron Lad. Omicron Lad being closely followed by the Booster. The Booster. Omicron Lad in a bit of an early race here with each other. The Booster and Omicron Lad. Antigen test trying to get in there. Antigen test. Omicron Lad. The Booster. Track and trace trying to get a look in, but he looks to be struggling early doors, I'm afraid. Track and trace. Antigen test on the outside. Here comes HEPA filters. HEPA filters uh, being followed by the booster. Omicron lad. Omicron lad, the booster. Omicron lad not giving an inch to the booster. HEPA filters. Here comes New Year's Eve. Absolutely <laughs> cruising on the outside. Everybody talking about this one. New Year's Eve looking confident and assured. The booster. Omicron lad. HEPA filters. Track and trace is knackered. He's gone. New Year's Eve is coming fast. Sudden spike. Sudden spike appears out of nowhere. Sudden spike, the big danger. New Year's Eve, the booster plugging away gamely with Omicron lad. New Year's Eve, sudden spike. Here comes leave them kids alone. Leave them kids alone. <laughs> sudden spike, New Year's Eve, and a late challenge from it's only a cold. It's only a cold. Sudden spike, leave them kids alone. The booster, fourth dose. Nobody saw this one coming. Fourth dose out of nowhere. It's only a cold. this one out to be honest with you they all crossed the line together new year's eve just crossing the line now absolutely spent and track and trace is still running would you believe oh. uh sensei everything all right we're all gonna die kid we're all gonna die It's 833. 833-914-595-6953. 914-595-6953. Oh, uh, it's me, it's Jay. We're just taking calls. It's very rare that that we take calls with Jay. So um so let's do that. Jay, uh, anything that you come up with over there for that last question that was posed to you? No, I, I, well, I mean, I have some things now, but now I have more questions. So maybe they could just send an email at uh, perpetualhealth.co. J- just have them send an email with this. And I just have a few more questions and I don't want to get, it's going to be hard to do through text and to get no problem personal. And I, I you know, I, I forward a lot of emails yeah, to you yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. People that are just, even just that are appreciative of the talks we have, but there's a lot of people who ask questions and I pass it along, but perpetualhealth.co. All right, let's take a call. Let's go uh, 309, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, this is Ray. 
I didn't. I can't believe I'm through. You're through. I love your show, man. I've been watching about three years, probably, and I signed up as a sponsor about two months ago because of book club. Oh, wonderful! Have you been having a good time uh, with book club, Ray? Yes, but I can hardly keep up with it because I'm also committing committed to going through the Bible in a year. So it's a lot of reading. I got. Well, that's do. a lot of reading. Yeah. Oh, you know what, Ray? Uh, I, I want b- it. Before you oh, get before ahead. you get started, I uh, that's something I want. I've never gone cover to cover with the Bible either, and I I'm so much more interested in things that are are buried inside of there from various reasons now, and I can't wait to do that myself. I, I hopefully I can get it done A- after I read The Godfather, Mario Puzo. I'll, I'll go I'll go from Pulp Fiction to the to the go- uh, to the uh, the Gospels right after that, but. Uh, it's great to have you on. Go ahead. Uh, st- state your piece. Well, um, I wanted to talk about tinnitus because you talked about that at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. You talked about a friend you had that was suffered with it. And and I've suffered with it to different degrees, but I know it really got worsened a lot by COVID. And it got to excruciating level where any waking hour, it was just ringing very high-pitched like a dog whistle all the time. Wow. And uh, I know that people suffer with that and uh, really can't hardly handle it. And uh, it becomes depressing and despair. And I don't know if you um, knew that the the CEO and founder of Texas Roadhouse also had it and committed suicide. I did not know that. during Because of he had it. Last year I went to two audiologists. I went to one ENT doctor. They do a lot of tests, but basically there's no solution really, um, not other than maybe hearing aids. But um, I was suffering with long COVID, I've decided. And since my long COVID got over two months ago, I had it over a year, about 15 months. Um, my tinnitus has been gradually de- decreasing. Oh, that's good. And so it's at a reasonable level now. Well, I'm happy to hear um, that. Yeah, it's a level I can more live with it now. Um, I also want to just say a couple other things. Um, I feel like they were trying to get us into a, uh, I'm going to use some of the buzzwords you talked about in your show earlier, into maybe a type of a medical imposed conservatorship where we have to be at their command of what they say. That's it's a great like way. You don't have autonomy. It's a great way of putting it, Ray. So in some ways, I resisted. I've never been vaxxed, but the conservatorship, conservatorship that uh, it was very heavy-handed that my job told everyone to get vaccinated, and you were in danger of losing your job if you didn't get a religious exemption. So I applied well, for that. Well, what they, what they did was they really they really um, expanded the conservatorship that's already... You think about all the responsibilities that uh, growing central government has been taking for itself for generations, even before people like myself were born. Um, 
I mean, childcare, education, retirement with social security, uh, medical care, whatever the hell it is. I mean, this is, you want to talk about conservatorship. And then when they start, they start testing these universal basic income, free money, welfare programs for everybody just to stay home and do whatever. I mean, goodbye to free will altogether. You will vote for anybody who keeps the gravy coming. And that's, uh, but, but of course we were going through the last, two and a half years is more so uh, big time coercion it was a lot less bribery and more so coercion arm twisting that was going on oh yeah oh yeah and bribery like hey you'll get this if you take our backs you'll get uh, lottery tickets you'll get fries and a shake fries <laughs> fries burgers shake yeah. and and the worst thing ray and I, and I i get and thank you so much for calling in the worst thing ray is that they they tried bribing us with with a, a sliver of normalcy from the life that we had in 2019 they tried bribing us with just the the normal that we all knew they said we'll give you a little bit of your life back of the feeling of getting back to normal. That's what it was. We'll, we'll give you the opportunity to walk into a CVS without a space suit on again, if you do what we tell you. You know, that's that was the worst thing about it. They, they, they reached into our personal lives and they repurposed everything for, uh, for their own um, transactional, it's, uh, conservatorship is a great way of putting yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's take a call from Albert. What's going on, Albert? Hey, I just wanted to refute a little bit about what Mr. McCullough said there. And uh, with they don't have a Koch's postulate on that. So as far as isolation, I mean, that's like a Koch's postulate is the gold standard. He said that they have it available in in the electronic spectrometer. Mike Adams ordered an isolate from the CDC or whatever because he has a lab and they send him back stuff and people can look this up or just go to his uh, channel and they said that they don't have one. And then on top of it, again, I'm just saying, you know, in behalf of terrain theory that um, <laughs> if they did have, you know, how what are they using to identify it? They're still using PCR, which Kerry Mullis said you you can't test for anything with that so the whole thing it's just so illogical and then on top of that go back to the spanish flu the most horrible transferable thing that they had but if you go back and you look at all of the testing that they did with it tons and tons of it they were never able to infect another person with it from a sick person so in my opinion and i'm not saying this is everyone's based on that information I still believe COVID is the shot, just like the Spanish flu was, because they had the same situation back then, and everybody that got the shot had it. And the whole pushing of this thing, like it's like it, it's it's just frustrating to me. But anyways, I did, I don't want to dwell on that. I wanted to I wanted to uh, talk to Jay a little bit and tell him, dude, I got my. Uh, blood work done for the first time ever it's like four pages long (laughs) like literally i've never had this done but like my kids and everybody's like get your blood work done so the doctor naturopath says uh this is the best blood work i can remember getting seeing in like forever um 
but she said I had the only thing that I had is LDL, like all the cholesterol and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, my LDL is 140. The uh, the triglycerides are like 102, and she said that I had some ketones in there. But you're talking to a dude that eats a dozen eggs a day and a pound of beef, you know. <laughs> How long um, were you fasted before she, the test? Huh? How long were you fasted before your your blood test? How many hours? Just 24 hours. They said you can't. When well, I had to go back because I forgot the first time, I was like, "Fuck, I ate," and I'm like, "I can't do this kind." And they're like, "No, go home. So Come you, back later." <laughs> So I, I went home and I, I didn't do anything. I did. They said you could have like a cup of coffee or something black. So I had a black cup of coffee when I went in there. But all she said is that she's like, yeah, you're, you're, uh, have a little bit of ketones in your urine. She goes, but that's because you eat so much, uh, protein or whatever. So feeling pretty good about that being an old man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, look that, well, so the reason I asked was two, two things. The, the, the ketones are probably present because you fasted for 24 hours. That, that, that's a long fast for a blood test. I usually recommend between 12 and 14 hours, which is why it's, it kind of sucks when you get a doctor's appointment in the middle of the afternoon, like three or four o'clock that I, when people tell me they get those appointments for blood work, I'm like, man, you're kind of stuck between a, a rock and a hard place. Cause it's hard to fast in that magic window. So that was probably why you had the ketones. And then you're, you're, I mean, I don't, uh, this is very controversial, but I don't worry about LDL at all. I care more about the ratio of triglycerides to HDL. And I like tri- triglycerides under 100, but if you had a black coffee, that can make a lot of noise in the triglyceride. So I wouldn't even say that your triglyceride is accurate. I, for a blood test, I would say you want a true water fast, but but I wouldn't do 24 hours um, because you can start to actually upregulate some cell cleaning and autophagy, which means that you can actually start to dump things into your bloodstream that you wouldn't necessarily want there for a blood test. But the fact that she's so thrilled with it, I mean, that, that tells you everything you know for, for a guy who eats a bunch of but eggs H- and steak. <laughs> yeah, HDL was 52. Okay, yeah. So we, what I like to see is that triglyceride to HDL ratio either be one-to-one or I want the triglycerides lower than the HDL. So, But it's really hard for males to bring their HDL up. The only two things that, that really raise HDL are saturated fats and resistance training. Those are the only two things in the research that shows to, you know, that will increase your HDL. But triglycerides can be brought down in several ways. And I honestly, though, again, if yours was 100 or 102 with a black coffee, most likely they were under 100 without the coffee. There you go, Albert. Well, I hope that you got... And, and Albert, next time you we have uh, Peter McCullough on the show for a, uh, you know, a, a follow-up, whether it be in six, eight months or this time next year, make sure that you submit some very particular, very pointed questions for me, and I'll, I'll pass them along and see and see what he yeah, says. Yeah, well, the thing is, the thing is... Oh, well, I know what the thing is. I, I, making the rounds. I'm not that... It's not that deep for me. I just want people to understand and maybe go out and, date and do a little bit of research on the Spanish flu because there, there were so many medical studies done and they they were like injecting mucus in, in intravenously into people they were they were putting uh, spitting in each other they they were not able to transfer one sick person to a non-sick person through the whole thing that's all I'm saying okay and I mean you know people can figure figure this out if they do the research I just don't like when they're when they're saying Oh, well, there's electrons uh, spectrometer. No, dude, there's not, because Mike Adams tried to order order some repeatedly, and he can't get any. And it still says on the CDC's website that they have no isolate. So it's that kind of stuff that's 
Well, um, I, I well he's the, well. I I th thank you for the call, Albert. I, I I I it seems like seems like he had a lot of hands-on experience. Maybe I can get more into it with him and ask him very more a lot more specific questions next up. The thing about this is you tell everybody go out there and do your your homework. Um, I'm sure if I did my homework and go out there and I could find uh, testimony and, and evidence that there was transfer of the, the 1918 flu and then and then you, you have found the wrong research right, and then right. everybody so uh, I know what paper he's talking about too that was done in Boston and, and they did all that stuff he said they did and they couldn't prove transmission in that study. Uh, which is amazing. I know, mean, listen, but. if they're putting mucus into people intravenously yes. and having everybody spit in each other's mouths, <laughs> they were. that's a pretty, in, uh, that would, if and they weren't able to get it to transfer from one body to the next, that True. would be pretty significant. Yeah. Uh, finding. I've Even read if, the I've read the paper. It's startling. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I'm all ears when it comes to a lot of the uh, alternate theater uh, theories when I say alternate, I mean outside of what is the official story um, about polio, even polio yeah. and DDT and things like yes. that. So I that that has definitely caught my attention. But doesn't this speak to terrain? You know, perhaps it it was contagious, but perhaps the people that were in that study were robust enough health-wise where they weren't able to transmit because their terrain was stronger. So again, this is where that whole give and take and open-mindedness comes in. So. Right. Yeah. Okay, let's take a let's see here. What do we have? What do we have? 914-595-6953. Uh here's a call okay, from Doc Keck. Uh, Doc Keck. How are you, Doc? Uh, doing well, Frank. Doing well. This uh, amazing interview. Um happy to to be on. Um I kind of uh, shot a couple of things out to you earlier. Really wanted to address uh long covid itself. Um, I know that uh, I kind of sent you some things uh, regarding Dr. Patterson's work. And what he's found is uh, clinically long COVID is what happens when uh, CD16, uh, which are monocytes, macrophages, lymphocytes, like your innate immune system, uh, become infected with the uh, S1 subunit. And after they become infected, they start roaming around and they start attaching to the endothelial walls, which is like the, the cell walls of your blood vessels. And when it does that, it kind of resets its apoptosis program. Like, the cells are only supposed to last for a couple of days, but because of this continuous resetting, he's found that they blasted for as long as 15 months, hmm. you know. And and kind of to Albert's uh, point, you know, he, he found that this S1 subunit, you know, which is made by the vaccine, uh, was also found in people who suffered from COVID, right? So there is uh, a natural occurrence of this spike protein being documented and, a, and as well as an artificial occurrence of this spike protein being created and inducing this pathology and when it when it binds to the cell walls it, in, it induces inflammation locally and depending upon where it's inducing inflammation if it's in the heart it's myocarditis if it's in the brain it could lead to you know myalgias and a whole host of other things and what he recommends in terms of a treatment because uh, uh, I think it's what it really comes down to is he recommends Maraviroc M-A-R-A-V-I-R-O-C uh, it's a CCR5 antagonist, and it interrupts that fractalkine receptor. So it, when it interrupts that receptor, it means that that apoptosis program is allowed to run, and the monocytes are allowed to die and then clear with the spike protein in them. And he's treated over 30,000 30, patients last year. Uh, he runs uh, covidlonghaulers.com. I would recommend that as a resource for anyone out there. So when oh so, so that that makes a lot more sense there. And, and if if you you remember your uh, your your basic 
bio and all that stuff in 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 high school you know apoptosis that's cell death we're Mm -hmm. talking right Mm -hmm. so that would make a lot more sense there because i I think when whenever everybody somebody hears long covid they just don't know uh there's oh what is this what is this now is this a, a, a a disease that sticks around for forever and ever i know people in my in in my circles uh some family who had a lot of chronic uh, conditions after getting sick from what we were told is COVID going around here, but it lingering in ways that they never had whenever they had influenza or the, the common cold during their life or anything like that. And it lingered chronic conditions for months and they are not vaccinated. Mm. So I knew that it wasn't, it wasn't a, a vaccine thing or something like that. It makes it a lot, it makes a lot of sense there that there is something blocking the ability for the the body to clear out old dead cells or to have cells die that they're almost like zombie cells they just they keep mm-hmm. going exactly that's incredible yep yeah mm-hmm. okay well th- that, th- a wonderful insight as always doc it's great to have you call in absolutely many blessings Thanks all right so much. take care be well be well be well 914-595-6953 we got a let me see we got another I want to make sure we we get all of our super chats in so we're not behind the eight ball. No, we're good. Witchy Poo 22 th- dropped a whole sleeve of cookies on us on the Foxhole. And also on Foxhole, I just want to let you know tonight is Throwback Thursday. So, first thing that's going to happen on quitefrankly.tv as soon as we end in a few minutes, we have a quite frankly episode with John Ward in studio from April of 2019. And Peter Jackson's World War One documentary, They Shall Not Grow Old. Oh, I have not seen that one. I have not seen that. I always wanted to see it. So tonight you have a awesome, quite frankly, episode with John Ward. I don't know if it's it was April 2019, the first time he was here. It might have been because I think he came back that October. I think he came back that October for no. No, he came back October 2020. How many times has John Ward been here? <laughs> he was definitely here October 2020 because that was the night after I had that really uh, that really intense um, weed edible episode. Oh boy! Yeah, I had not no sleep the night before. <laughs> mischief night was full of mischief, but I wasn't throwing eggs. I was having a panic attack on my couch. That was right before the election. No. Uh, right before the election, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a fun. It was a fun. <laughs> hey, listen, the the only reason yeah. why it was a fun time we had great shows. Obviously, we had nights like that where John Ward came by. We always had good company and stuff. And of course, uh, Aurora was around for just a month at that point. She was just a little little nugget, little meatball, and I loved it. But uh, yeah, that that was a that was a, a spirit deadening uh fall it happens no doubt about it it does happen doesn't it <laughs> so that's what's going on quite frankly tv and about uh, starting in about eight eight minutes or so when we get off here let's get one more call in chris from the berkshires it's been a while how you doing chris hey chris 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 okay let me say something real quick about the tinnitus um Omega-3s. I was trying to recall what it was from back in the day. There's a few papers out there that increasing omega-3s can help uh, help with that. Uh, I, d- I don't even fully understand the mechanism of action, but it just finally hit me when I was, as, I, I was, as we were taking some other calls. It might have been the talk about 
apoptosis and inflammation. But that that's something to take a look at if if that's you know I'm glad that that caller Ray I think his name was that it's getting better for him. But if if it, if anyone else is out there suffering from it, um, you can try playing around with omega three supplementation. Really, yeah. um, I'm sure. I'm sure that anybody would, who has not tried something would want to try it because that is like, yeah. talk about feeling claustrophobic. Right. You know, you're trapped inside your body and you can't, I mean, that is, I, I felt that way with a, a, number, a, a small number of things over the years and hope, thankfully we all get through most of it. But I have a tip over here from Fishhead Montana. It says, does Jay have any opinion on uh, spagric tinctures? Spagric? S-B-A-G-Y-R-I-C. I do not, but I, I would like to have one. You can find these on Phoenix Aurelius Apothe uh, Apothecary. Okay. Apothecary. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, okay. Well, thank you for that, Fishhead. He'll part of the reason I love being here. I always learn something from your audience. They always give you homework. <laughs> they do. And you love to, to I do, do yeah. homework. It's the, it's the way it works. You must have been that, that, that kid that just ruined everybody's... Not in high school. Not in high school. Okay. Grad school. <laughs> Grad school. That's yeah. when it all... <laughs> that's when it came together. <laughs> thank, okay, thank you, Captain Flint, so much. I'm going to release the scratching over there on Foxhole, and I hope you all enjoy yourselves. Keep yourself seated right there because we have a really classic, quite frankly, episode coming up on quitefrankly.tv, and, um, and then they shall not grow old. That's a, That's a good one. All right. Well, that's it. That's all I have right now. That's all I have. You know what? One more time. Chris from the Berkshires trying mm -hmm. again. Chris, you doing there? All right. So there's something on Chris's oh, end. Is he on mute? Oh, Chris. Oh. No, I hear him. It's a butt dial. Frank. Hey. Chris. There we go. Okay. Go ahead, man. You're our <laughs> cool. call. Cool. Um, first and foremost, hi, Jay. It's nice to see yeah, nice to actually be on the phone with you, I guess. Um, <laughs> nice to meet I, you. I think your stuff is fascinating. And wherever, I don't think I remember hearing where you're going this year, whether it be New Hampshire or Vermont, I would love to go to it. Um, I'm only about a couple hours from both states. I live in Massachusetts, so I would love to go to it and actually, you know, check it out and enjoy it. Oh, very cool. Um, it's going to be in Vermont, So just so you know. It, okay. Um, I won't ask where until you've actually, but either way. Um, so um, I'll, I'll try to be quick. A few months ago, uh, clearly my mom got vaccinated, right? And she has had health issues her entire life. And this whole thing is has been the craziest like thing since this ever happened. So ultimately, it, uh, after getting vaccinated and boosted, my mom went to the doctor to check her testing levels or whatever. And the doctor said to her, um, you now no longer have an immune system. And with that, it was because their their reasoning was, you've been taking medicine for whatever, I, I, I wanna say it was like a migratory arthritis, for over 20 years, and it basically just depleted your immune system. So you have no immune system, not from the shot, but mm -hmm. from the, the migratory arthritis medicine, I can't remember what it was called off the top of my head, mm -hmm. for, for taking that over 20 plus years. Long story short, so now she's on a cocktail of everything, basically an artificial immune system, right? right? With that, a couple months goes by again, my mother ends up getting super sick. Well, you know, she has no immune system, understandable. She ends up getting super sick and ends up in the hospital. And what happened was the entire situation is, so my mom has had a history of blood clots for a long time, since basically I was like in grade school. Um, 
sexually after she met her husband, completely different story. So she goes into the hospital with chest pains, difficulty breathing, this, that, the other thing, and they basically put her in ICU and isolate her. And they're not allowed, no one's allowed to go see her because she keeps testing positive for COVID. She has COVID, she has COVID, she has COVID, she has COVID. That's all the doctor keeps saying is, well, she has COVID, so nobody can come see her except for her husband. She has COVID, so nobody can come see her. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Finally, after like two weeks of her having COVID, they were like, well, it's just, it's just she has it. So we're going to allow visitors. I go in there. They make you put the fucking thing on. The weirdest thing, whatever. I won't even get into that because nobody was wearing it. But yeah, Chris, like, you have to put it on the Chris, just in. letting you know, we we got about a minute left, so keep. So I'm gonna finish okay. this up right now. Okay. Don't you got? I know. I know. I'm, I'm hitting the nine nine o'clock mark. <laughs> okay. We all gotta go to bed. <laughs> um, ultimately, so I say to my mom and the doctor who's in the room, I'm like, listen, she has a history of blood clots. Um, any reason we can maybe look for that or anything like that oh we don't think it's that it's 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 covid it's definitely covid she has covid long story short three days later i get a call from my stepfather hey they just found out that your mom has blood clots in her lungs and they're going to start they're going to start going through that process of removing the blood clots Mm -hmm. the entire medical system is so fucked right now Mm -hmm. with covid is everything to the point where they're neglecting any duties whatsoever it's completely fucking mind-boggling and i get so angry and that's all i really wanted the show to say and and i get it with you know the guy the um dr mccullough is great tonight and Mm -hmm. jay you're the perfect person to have on for it because you've got all the knowledge in the world so thank you again but at the same time like the the, the chaos that people are going through right now and i'm sure i'm not the only one but you know like i said she's in the hospital and they literally spent two weeks it's covid it's covid it's covid it's covid to the point where she was basically on death's doorstep you know and finally i get a phone call three days later after saying hey has anybody checked her for blood clots my stepfather hey oh yeah by the way mom they, they found blood clots in your mother's lungs. well uh, i'm like you, you, these effing people now, now I, I guess the, the the biggest the biggest question to anybody who who is listening to you the last couple of minutes would like to know is uh, did, did she make a recovery is, is everything all right my mother is as stubborn as you can <laughs> okay <you know? laughs> um I, ultimately i I've, as i've stated to you before i'm getting married in june I think she's basically just going to fight through until this wedding because, you know, I'm the youngest. I'm, I'll be the first to say I'm, the, I'm the, the youngest child. I may or may not be the favorite. I don't know that. But at the same time. But, but is I she out of the hospital? Going through everything. I'm sorry? Is she out of the hospital? Is she doing well? She's doing great. She's actually doing really okay. well. And again, once they stopped well. treating it as this is just COVID and actually looked at what it was, all of a sudden she starts making a recovery. Well, can you imagine that? I can you imagine that? Yeah, there's a lot of there. There is. It's a clash of confusion and pride, and uh, and and I don't I don't know what else. I, uh, commissions. Who the hell? <laughs> I'm just happy that your your mother's well. And thanks for the call, Chris. Thanks a lot, guys. You guys have a great night. Thanks, you won't Chris. go to bed. You too. Be well. <laughs> Don't go to bed. Go to quitefrankly.tv and enjoy the rest of the evening. Jay, anything you want to leave with? No, I mean, that's COVID derangement syndrome. That that's. I, I wish we had more time to unpack that because that is the sort of crux of what's going on in the medical community. But um, no, 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 that's it. Uh, you know, if, if you're interested more about what I talked about with with Dr. McCullough and actually analyzing his paper on natokinase, go to my Substack. It'll be out this Sunday. A whole long biochemistry. I know it's going to be a little messy for some people, but go there. Um, and also perpetualhealth.co uh, you, drop us a note let us know if you'd like to work with us I have some amazing colleagues that I'm putting together 
talked about a, a little bit last time, um, but we're going to start seeing people very soon. So people who have already messaged us, just hang in there. Going to be uh, getting around to it very shortly, just trying to put all the pieces together. And then lastly is the retreat. The retreat is September 21st to 24th in Vermont. Uh, again, if you go to perpetualhealth.co, you will find all the details. You can sign up and uh, bring a friend and come hang out. And then, of course, follow me on Instagram, perpetualhealthco. And uh, that's about it. That's my favorite place to follow you. <laughs> got, got a lot of great stuff there, and uh, it, it's very consistent and, and well-sourced stuff. I also would like to say, ladies and gentlemen, um, as you already know, quite frankly, TV, the after hours programming is about to kick off over there right now. But the Gilded Chat, which has taken the place of the destroyed, annihilated, dismantled, censored, suppressed Discord chat, which took years to build up, the Gilded Chat is really starting to starting to gain some 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 gusto and some momentum and some personalities coming back. A lot of great. Great fun stuff is going on there. Clean fun. Everybody's having uh, a good time there right now. Um, if you liked the Discord, please join the dis uh, the uh, Gilded. You can find that link in the description of this episode. You can find it on the YouTube. Wherever the description is, go in there. You'll see all the links. On the bottom, there's the link for the Gilded. I'm putting it in the chat rooms right now. So you can go and you see that. I just dropped that into the Twitch and into... The YouTube, for some reason, it didn't go over to, uh, why didn't it go over to DLive? Let me see here. Where's the DLive chat? Oh, there it is. Jeez, I'm sorry, DLive chat. What the hell is that about? I didn't see you the entire time. I'm putting it out there again for everybody. Get into the Gilded. We will see you soon. Thanks again, Jay Gulinello. Oh, much, much, much appreciated. Uh, we got it down. We got it down. <laughs> this was, is was a reschedule. But tomorrow is Friday night. I don't know if Matt will be here. Perhaps he will. But uh, regardless, I have a wonderful lineup of things to do with you all. Some random stuff, pertinent stuff, and we'll take some more calls and have some fun, all right? So don't go too far. <laughs> Because tomorrow will be here before you know it. And I'll see you on quitefrankly.tv in the chat before long. So good night. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite Frankly is filmed before a live studio audience. And now our super chatters. Starting with Zentao. Zen Spaces. I, you just sent it in too late. For my 33rd birthday on Tuesday, I emailed you seeking help from your guest. Uh, uh, well, okay, well, I'm going to have to just, I don't know. Uh, email me again. I, I usually... <laughs> Stostube, thank you so much. Albert Frederick, B. Mullaney, Jenna from South Carolina, Savage Sock Puppet, and, uh, and of course, all the way to the top again, Zen Spaces which I didn't have enough time to really dive into that one. Thank you, guys and gals. I will see you all soon. And, um, and yeah, more to come tomorrow.